Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment, aka The Ace. This is a sci-fi movie podcast. I am Peter and I am joined by always, in this case, something of an expert in what we're about to talk about, <laughs> Tara. Greetings, citizens. Final Countdown is the movie we're going to talk about today. It's called The Final Countdown. It came out in 1980 and it is a time travel movie where a, an aircraft carrier uh, at present day 1980 travels back in time to the day before Pearl Harbor and mm. then of course once they realize they're back in time they have to make the choice of will it intervene or not uh, so it's, that's the kind of movie it is and we have Martin Sheen in it we have Kirk Douglas so we have got some big names in here and we're going to talk about we're going to start spoiler free as we always do and we'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers somewhere later in the middle uh, but i'll also mention here before we start talking about the movie that at the end of the show we have a bonus section where we talk about an episode of mystery science theater 3000 and it's a special one it's also set on a ship and it's called space mutiny so I'll look forward to that at the end of the show if you if you if you enjoy some bad movie talk I mean, they may both be bad movies. We'll find out in a second. But, uh, mm-hmm. so, The Final Countdown. And all right, yes, I'll... I'm an expert in this because I am also a time traveler. Yes. I'm going to get this out of my system right now. Right, so my system. It's out my system. I've done it. Band Europe said that they were inspired to write the song because of this movie. I mean, this, is, this is why we have that amazing Arrested Development moment. Yes, yes. I mean, that's why I love that song. It's Job on Arrested Development, but... I mean, I loved that song before. I, I, I will guarantee you... I can't, I can't listen to the song without thinking of Job doing his stupid tricks. Does that with a knife in his mouth, with the cards. That, that's what I think about when I hear this song. <laughs> that in one other I moment, love- specifically. Um, <laughs> an illusion, Michael. A trick is something a whore does for money. So, or it can be. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's no way it's out of our system. Yeah, I guarantee you though that if this movie was made after that song came out, that they would not have chose that title. No, but it wouldn't have been because this is the reason we have the song. Are you being serious? Yeah. Did, did, did they I read actually... it in the IMDb trivia. I mean, that can't be wrong. Does it actually say that in the trivia that this was ins- this inspired the name of that song? Yeah. Get out. Shut the fuck up. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> would IMDb trivia lie to me? <laughs> no, but you'd lie about what's an IMDb trivia. <laughs> oh, never. I am an honest person. Pa. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so fail countdown. Yeah, so Martin Sheen plays this character uh, named Lasky, who is a civilian. He works for this company, and he's ordered by his boss to go onto this ship, uh, this this aircraft carrier, to to basically assess how they do things and write up a report about what possible alternatives or what they could do to improve their performance, kind of thing. And the captain of the ship is uh, Kirk Douglas. Uh, you may know him as the the father of Michael Douglas, <laughs> or um, Colonel Dax, or Colonel Dax. Colonel Dax from one of my favorite movies, Pass of Glory. 
That makes sense. I, I don't remember his name. I've seen that movie though. That movie's very good. I can I can vouch for the. I love that movie. I can vouch for Passive. I'm not even someone who's into war movies, but that movie's really good. And I think the reason why I'm into that movie, mm-hmm. even though it's technically a war movie, is because the core drama of it isn't really to do with the war itself. It's more about. The... No, but it is yeah. accurate. So it is something that it's the side of a war that you don't get to see in film. Sure. Yeah. Highly recommend early Kubrick. Ten out of ten. Oh yeah, that's the other <laughs> thing. It's Kubrick, so of course you should watch it. Um, yeah. So, so he's he's the captain on the ship. I'm the captain now. Anyway, um, so he's the captain, and we meet some other characters. There's another character that's very important here, uh, who's called Owens, uh, or or shortened to Dick because his first name is Richard. They call him Dick, and he's kind of on there. He's like another main character, and the the ship goes back he's in time. A pilot, or he's in charge of the pilots. Yeah, he's in charge of the pilots. He's even he's a pilot himself. He can fly stuff himself, but he's in charge of the pilots. Yeah. The the air commander or whatever his designation is, I don't know. I, I don't know these names and terms and shenanigans. I actually don't know either. Yeah, because while <laughs> you were in the navy and on a big ship, it was not an aircraft carrier. It was not an aircraft carrier. We did have two helos, but it was not an aircraft carrier. Yeah, no no, no jets coming in and landing on a runway. <laughs> but yes, I did spend three years living on board a ship in the ocean. Yeah, so this was. So, so I'm actually going to get my first problem with this movie out of the way, All right? Go ahead. All right. So actually, not, before I even do that, did you enjoy the movie? Did you enjoy the film? I've seen it before, so I kind of knew how I felt before. Yeah, I, I have it. not seen this before, but I really wanted to see it. One because it was a Navy mm-hmm. movie. Uh, I do kind of enjoy those. Two, it's a war movie, and I love war movies. Sure, okay, sure. <laughs> and three, it's a science fiction movie. I, that should probably be number one, actually, since we're on a sci-fi podcast. Yes, welcome. welcome. Fix that in editing, right? Just make that number one. <laughs> I, I will totally fix this in editing. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> so, did you enjoy... Yeah, I've, been, I've been really wanting to see this film. I knew yes. you had already seen it, but I wanted to add it to the list as soon as possible because it's been on my radar for a while, but I hadn't watched it. So, yeah, I did like it. Yes, uh, you did like it. You, you enjoyed it. Um, so I have two complaints about this movie that kind of drag it out, and they're both kind of big complaints. No, I actually still don't dislike it. I, I think there's some good stuff in here. I have a relatively enjoyable time watching it, but I don't think it lives mm-hmm. up to the potential of the premise or or what it could be. And I totally agree. Fantastic. But my first problem before, because I think, I have, that, yeah, I have things to say about that as well. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the problems there with that one, I'll talk more in spoilers about rather than you know mm-hmm. spoiler free i think the one thing i can talk about in spoilers though and this was a movie that was made in conjunction with the navy they, they got like special approval to film on a real ship and the navy were there to like show off all their toys yeah so my first there's a lot of airplane porn in this movie if you like airplanes if you like ships you will love this movie <laughs> i'm almost <laughs> mad they spent a lot of time showing you it I'm almost <laughs> mad because it's not exactly what I was going to say, but you stole the you stole the the win from my sales there because the exact thing I was yeah. going to say <laughs> is that as I was watching this, there are certain portions which just start to feel like someone who really likes playing is jacking off behind the camera, and oh yeah, it feels like just like look I at mean, this plane land, look at look at it look. is cool. <laughs> oh I, my god! Yeah, I, the people that have to freaking fly jets onto an aircraft carrier are insane like and you get to watch it in great detail in the movie and you're just like possibly too much like i don't understand how it's possible just you know reading about it and then seeing it you're still Mm. like 
how do people not die every single time they land? <laughs> Possibly too much detail. I, I think, like, don't get me wrong, it looks impressive because it's really happening. There's no visual effects here. They actually just landed planes on a ship yeah. and filmed it. In fact, it's all a recruitment video. Yeah, and what and one of the times even like the, the the landing stick thing broke, so they had to use a big net, and that's real. They just they caught that in film and used it. Yeah, I I had no idea that that was a thing. Like that they had a backup system for catching an aircraft. <laughs> like that's and how terrifying like <laughs> you just have to be caught in a net i didn't know that <laughs> i think i think my problem with this is not so much that it's there i'd be fine with these scenes being there if there was more of a reason for them to happen but truthfully there's oh, very it's just there to show off yeah there's very little story reason to actually see these things and it does mm-hmm. make it gives this feeling a feel feeling where it's like it's more concerned with being the 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 air force porn than it is <laughs> with actually just making a good story uh, and yeah that's for me well, it's not air force though it's navy navy sorry sorry yeah. <laughs> sorry the navy works there are some marines on board but there's no air force they have their own thing i apologize i just i'm thinking about planes i said air force i yes they're the navy because mm-hmm. they're coming from a an aircraft carrier i apologize oh it's okay i just i wanted to <laughs> stop before the comments before the comments <laughs> <laughs> actually joe you know it's funny i i once referred to someone on a ship as a soldier just kind of like nothing mm-hmm. comment i just said i was a guy in a uniform as a soldier and there was like like a snarky comment about it's a sailor act i'm like i know give me peace <laughs> right a military person yeah you know what i <laughs> yeah. meant all right it's someone in an armed force okay yeah they're wearing a uniform yeah <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> all right anyway um i'll do my best i'll do my best to prevent angry comments or yeah. actually comments yes actually um <laughs> so so they so they spend a lot of time really jacking off to the planes landing and the, the inner work is there's a lot of montages of people doing their jobs and directing traffic and in the control room and you know whatever um so yes which may just be the bridge in it's this all case. incredibly accurate yeah I really felt like I was just back on board. Like everything is just routine drills. And I I love that all the extras are just actual sailors. They they all look so derpy. Like they don't belong on (laughs) in a movie. That's what I was going to say next is that not only were they filming on a real ship is that a lot of the background extras were just really the crew of the ship. So they're just there. Uh, And I, I think I read something like 40 of them, give or take were actually credited as ex- you know, in the cast list because they got like one line so they got yeah. a, a name oh, in the end there was a whole page of them if you watch the credits like yeah. they all come up like and thanks to these sailors on board the USS Nimitz yeah they even used the real name of the ship and it, yeah it was about 40 names that popped up I assume some of them had speaking parts um, some of them did yeah some of them I, had, like, I don't a think 40 of them did I wonder like I don't want to say for spoilers but there's a couple of like just they're essentially just extra roles that you get an extra to do but they're just a little bit more active i wonder if they use the, the real sailors for that or if they're actually actors because they're they're taking i'll, I'll just say hits they're yeah. taking hits i wonder if the doctor was because he didn't seem very good <laughs> but he had quite a you know a decent sized role he was interacting with main characters for quite a while um but he might have just been the doctor on board the ship. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I forgot to look him up to see if he was an actual actor. So it, it does give it this authenticity, but it, again, it feels more concerned with the authenticity than actually making a movie with a compelling story. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that that's where the story was mostly because, like, like you said before, 
there's a lot of potential. Like this story, this plot is incredibly interesting and really could use some a movie made about it. But it's uh it's not really explored as much as it could have been. Uh, I think I, because they were just more just trying to show off it's actually how re- awesome it is to be in the Navy. Yeah, it's, actually, today. it's actually a quite a small budget film, relatively speaking. And the reason for that is because they're just they were allowed on a real ship that had real planes. There was no effects mm-hmm. in this shit. They, they, all they had to do was show up and film it for real. Yeah. The uh, one special effect that you do get looks pretty cheap. <laughs> it does, it does. The, 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 the vortex storm they go into, which travels them through time, that is the one thing that looks really bad. Yeah, I think 1980, you kind of expect a little bit higher quality than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only thing they did was the, you know, at one point on some Japanese planes, I assume they had to, you know, get some models out. Or... Uh, yeah, that's why I was on the uh, trivia. I was trying to see if those were real, like, authentic World War II Japanese planes. Mm-hmm. Because usually, like, they'll just get something newer and then just paint over it and say that this is what that was, or they use stock footage. But in this movie, I I, I didn't actually find whether or not it was. There, there is some stock footage uh, when they're going through the portal. Uh, at one point, there's like some black and white footage of like Pearl Harbor happening. It's, it's just to show like kind of what happened in, in time. That's just stock footage. I don't think it's stock footage. I think it's oh, it is. I read from it. the movie Tora Tora Tora. Like, oh, it's from it's movie. Straight up from another movie. Oh, that's all kinds of stock footage. Um, is it? I thought that was made for the movie. Well, no, but it's still like if you're using it from a different movie, it's still stock footage. You didn't okay. shoot. You didn't shoot it for this movie, therefore it's stock footage. It doesn't matter. Okay, it, so it's stock footage from yeah. another film, but it, it, not from. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it was the real thing or not. It's just you know, um, like if I insert a clip here from our review last week, that's technically stock footage from. From the last okay. Review. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't know the official definition because I've always heard stock footage as like, like when you want to show a nuclear oh, explosion, no, okay, you just actually, take a mushroom cor- cloud from stock footage of yeah. a newsreel or something. Yeah. I, I should I should correct what I just said. I, I don't think it would count if we used our own clip. That's not stock footage. It's stock footage because they sourced it from a completely different production that had nothing to do with them. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, so someone's going to correct me in the comments that I've said that, and I've, I've been so hard on it. But it's, it's, I, I, I can't I'm, help you with this one. <laughs> it still counts as stock footage. I'm positive it does. Uh, okay. Even if it doesn't, the point is, is that it's not their footage. They, they used footage yeah. of you know something else. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sure most of the budget just went to Kirk Douglas, who's way too big of a name and movie star to be in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. Martin Sheen, maybe. He's too good for it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and- Although I have to say, Martin Sheen, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Most of the movies I've seen him in, like he's okay. Mm. Um, I think he's a little overrated, but I actually did like him in this movie a lot. I think this might have been my favorite role that he's done. <laughs> this one. <laughs> All the West Wing fans are just typing their angry comments right now. Okay. I've never seen West Wing. Mm-mm. I'm not really an Aaron Sorkin fan. <laughs> I have not seen West Wing either. To be fair, I did like season one on Newsroom, so I might like it. I mean, like, I do not like season one of his room. That's fair. I tried. I'm not a Sorkin fan. I like Jobs. You, you, Jobs. That was a good movie. <laughs> I don't think the listeners understand how big of a deal it is that we just found something that we just have different opinions on. Because normally, when one of us yeah. says a movie, we're in agreement. Because usually, when we say, "Oh, I don't like this movie," and you'll assume that the other one is like going to be like, "Oh, well, I like that." It's like now I actually feel the exact same way. Like that's happened a few times <laughs> with us like yeah uh, most most yeah, recently yeah most recently garden state was was brought up by one of his 
I was just kind of like, yeah. Or like garbage state, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> and then there were some other films we agreed were overrated. I'm not going to bring those up though because those will get comments. And uh, it's not... too heated. Yeah, yeah, it's too heated. I'm not doing that today. People will turn us off. <laughs> we'll do a special one day. Films that Peter and Tara both think are overrated and then just get the hate. Yeah. Clickbait, baby. Clickbait. <laughs> All right. Um, where was it? Yeah, Kurt Douglas is very good. He's very likable. Uh, is a captain. Um, if anything, I, I feel like he's too laid back for a captain. <laughs> I thought he feels like he should be more stern. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I could see that. But I mean, for a movie, he, he he's is, good because he's, he's very like casual. Him. Yeah, he's a very um, casual. But captain. I don't think he's. I, I don't. I don't know. I think he's still believable. Sure, he's he's, he's got he's got like a gravitas around with him you know he's, he's like you respect him you feel like he's been through a lot <laughs> he's got experience it doesn't seem like he wants to be in this movie though um, i think he knows he's too good for it <laughs> I, I and it, it's probably because he's not surrounded by actors he's surrounded by true. sailors he I, probably feels out of his element a little bit i think I unless you disagree i think he's happy enough to be in the movie but I think he was happy to do the movie because it was an easy shoot because they're just on like, the one location for the whole thing. Like there's no, yeah. you know, no, in Hawaii. nothing too stressful. <laughs> He's just kind of sitting in his chair and talking to people the whole time. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it was probably just an easy payday for him uh, more than anything. But I, I, yeah, it's interesting. I, wonder, I, I do wonder how they got him for this specifically. But I... No, so I, I think my biggest problem with the movie, though, is as much as I, I do kind of enjoy generally what it does, because the, the characters are mostly quite likable, and yeah. them debating is likable and enjoyable, and the entry of some other characters, once they go back in time, there's some, some civilians that kind of get dragged in, that are from, the, you know, from 1941, who get dragged into the plot, and it's kind of fun seeing how they interact with them, and that's all good stuff. Yeah, I like that stuff, too. Um, my big problem is that even though it's raised that there should be a debate whether or not they should intervene in World War or in Pearl Harbor specifically, and about altering the timeline if they interfere with anything, they never actually make a real choice, and it's never really debated properly, and it's never really like that ideological. There's no commitment to it. That conflict should be the what this movie's about. That conflict yeah. should be what this philosophical question is, and what what we should do about it. Uh, and there's almost no points brought up like not the people the one or two characters who do say we shouldn't intervene because it'll alter history not one of them say yeah but if we don't if we if if this, if this doesn't happen and america doesn't enter world war Two because of it then you know nazi germany might win what about that <laughs> yeah like i agree i don't know how much you want to talk about this yeah, we'll now save it. We'll, yeah we'll, we'll save it free, but like or spoiler review but like yeah, I have a lot more to say about it too. Yeah, they they just don't go into it, and it frustrated me because, and then the movie just kind of like ends because it's time to end. It doesn't really feel like it explores the idea enough. And even though it's kind of like you know, it's nice the moments we have, and it's nice the what the ending is. It just it doesn't explore it to its degree. And I feel like I could see the movie with this premise being a classic. I could see it being like one for the age if it has the right script and it does the right thing. I can see it being remade. I, I would like it to be remade. I think I think this yeah. can make a great movie. I really do. Me too. I I think um, I think there's a movie in here that wasn't explored that should have been, and it could have been a really cool action science fiction film that we never got. Yeah, I mean, for me, it doesn't even have to be an action movie. It, it can just be. It can essentially be the twelve angry twelve angry men, like like just once they're in the past yeah. and they realize where they are. It can be a group of people in a room 
debating whether or not they should do this. And well, that would... it could be an action film I, if you attack the fleet. And sure. I mean, it still brings America into the war if you attack a, a Japanese fleet before they attack the u.s yeah but that was one of the points that was brought up like if we do this then we're bringing america into the war still but we're um we're starting a war yeah but (laughs) instead then then i ask though like because if they alter the timeline then surely the the, the, as a a viewer you're thinking yeah but how does this change things so you almost have to have more of the movie set after to come back so that you can see what the differences are and see what happened and change things yeah and maybe it's for the worse maybe it's for the better like i want to know i want to see that yeah but then at that point it's like well then you're kind of doing back to the future too and you 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 want them to go back and fix it maybe at the end fine you, you can completely... make it a trilogy sure. <laughs> i'll watch it oh sure but what i'm saying is, is i think that... it's fascinating i think it's such a cool concept that wasn't explored in this movie that it was supposed to because they were too busy like showing when the pilot's dicks come out of the plane so they can land on a carrier <laughs> which is an awesome <laughs> shot but like <laughs> we get it <laughs> Do, do you know, like, I, I agree that this would be a fine idea, but I think what troubles me the most about this is that I don't think it even has to be any of those things. Like I say, this movie is so much about just, just talking about it, because there's not a lot of action. Like, once you take away out the landing scenes and stuff, it's mostly them inside talking about w- w- what they should do and where they are. I yeah, think the movie... that's the best parts. Like, I, I want more. <laughs> I, think the, I think the movie, like I say, I think it could be 12 Angry Men. It can just be that. It can be the discussion. It can be a philosophical sci-fi movie about the idea. Uh, you know, some some of my favorite sci-fi movies are just people in a room talking about the thing, but it's mm-hmm. inv- it's invigorating because, or something like Coherence, where it's just in a house, and we'll totally do that one day. I know I've done it with Matt before, but you've not seen it. We will totally do that in the like show that. one day, because you, I, I think you'll love that. Um, okay. But like, yeah, I, that's the best part of Star Trek. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the television show is when they have the board meetings and they're like, we need to talk about whether or not we're going to break the Prime Directive this time. Oh, and well, it's what was that? The, the the what television show? The hit television show Star Trek. I, all of them, like <laughs> just one series, but all of them. Even Voyager. Well, with the exception of Discovery, because they don't really have um, <laughs> ready room meetings sure. in that show. Instead, so they do everything on the bridge, which is you know fun and actiony. But I kind of miss that. Lens flares, Dutch angles. <laughs> we're, we're Star Still Trek. A Ten for, out of ten. We're Star Trek for the twenty first century, baby. <laughs> yeah i enjoyed season know. two i enjoyed season two i'm making fun of it to make fun of tara but i enjoyed season two i did too yeah quite a bit in fact ten out so. of ten. not not a 10 not a 10 10 out of 10 <laughs> i'm here to skew the ratings yeah your rate at the end of this is going to mean nothing after you've said star trek discovery is a 10 out of 10 this uh, is not a star trek movie so it's not a 10 <laughs> I feel like Star if it's Trek. A Star Trek Five. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I love Star Trek Five. I love it. I love that little glimpse into Shatner's brain during that time because it is that's it's just a movie about William Shatner. I love it. We were spoken about this before off camera, and Tara said that he had a Winnie the Pooh shape. And, uh, yeah, because they show him climbing the El Capitan in Yosemite, and it's just so funny that Shatner, who has the body of Winnie the Pooh, could like write himself free soloing <laughs> <laughs> the most difficult mountain like in the world to free solo. I it's 
It's so the arrogance of him. I love it. I love it so much. Let's watch it next week. <laughs> <laughs> I just did all the movies with Connor like five months ago. Yeah, but you didn't appreciate Star Trek Five. I listened to that review. Look, I'm not going to say that we, we need can't... another discussion. I'm not going to say that we should never do the Star Trek movies because I've done them before. We one day we can do them. All right, I think that's I fair. Far, far from now. You just watch them because they're sci-fi movies. They should be done on here at some point so that they have an official atomic cinema experiment ratings and discussion. But not time soon, and never Creed because Creed's not a sci-fi movie. Just for the record. Mm, we've had this discussion also we I also had this, we had this discussion today about babe you said is babe a sci-fi movie and I'm like, it's a talking pig <laughs> from the director of Mad max fury road when you <laughs> no mad max fury road is a sci-fi movie all right add it to the list we can talk about mad max fury road let's all back to this yeah, let's get back this to this propaganda film. Yeah, that's just propaganda. For, that's recruitment propaganda. Because like, that, that's the other thing. Every, every time it starts doing the, the landing sequences, like the, the the brass music comes in, and all I can hear in the back oh, of my head it's is like, America. "Oh yeah, f yeah, America, f yeah, we're the best. We have all the best planes and ships. Yeah, yeah. I love that. There's. Uh, I did notice um, because I had served on a ship like i could see all the main differences and one of them is that there's no women on board <laughs> this is pre yeah a time when women were allowed on combat i noticed that there, there is one female character in the entire film and it's the civilian one of the civilians uh, after yeah. they travel yeah and so men can have men. beards in the navy so women probably ruined that for <laughs> the male sailors by taking it away are men not allowed beards in the navy uh there are some exceptions uh, there are some people who, I guess, are just too sensitive for shaving. Like their skin will break out or something if they do, and they can get like a medical exception. They still can't grow a full beard. It's more like you can skip a couple of days in between shaving. And, you know, there are many of men who take advantage of that. Um, and I believe special forces can, like, can grow beards. This, this is... Like, I'm a straight white dude. I have never felt discrimination in my life. I feel discriminated upon <laughs> right now. I'm hearing this. How how dare they? What? Because you can't grow a beard in the Navy anymore? Yes. It's an outrage. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> no, you have to have that clean-shaven look now. Well, you know gotta what? got to be uniform. Everyone's got to look exactly the same. They just can't have me, right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's just what we've established here today. Oh, well, it's their loss. <laughs> it's their loss. <laughs> I'd be a great captain. <laughs> I mean, you've been watching Picard, so exactly. like, you know what one looks like. Exactly. Hell, I'll shave my head. I'll go bald for it, but I'm keeping my beard, damn it. <laughs> you have to get one of those medical chits. <laughs> I must keep my beard because all of my power is contained within the beard. If you take away the beard, then my effectiveness will, will plummet. Uh, you're like the uh, that biblical guy whose hair got chopped off and he lost all his power, right? Exactly, exactly. I can't remember his name. My <laughs> power comes from it, two sure. things, my beard and my nipples. If I let them go, I'm in trouble. Wow, another thing we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's get into spoilers already. <laughs> I can't believe you tried that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I was just trying to make a funny nipple joke. You made it weird and booby. All right, okay. So, full spoilers for the final countdown. Uh, so we can talk about plot details and stuff. Um, so they go back in time, and we get this uh this small civilian boat that's relatively nearby. You know, within within flying range, and it's a senator. Now, I, I'm going to assume that this was a real senator who disappeared mysteriously, or was this completely made up? I don't. I don't know if you know. Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. The right, Russian so, ship? The no, Russian no, 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 the, the little civilian ship. The, there's like a senator on it. In the 40s, 1941. How do you not remember this character? <laughs> oh, a senator. The senator. <laughs> it's just your voice. Sorry, your accent. <laughs> what did you think I was saying? Like a, a center? <laughs> I don't know. Senator. <laughs> It's late. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. A senator. A senator. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was, uh, I was wondering that too, if he was a real person or not. All I right. think he's probably made up for the film. And and future, I will say the word senator in American accent just so that there's no confusion between us. All right. Yeah. You all do. Right. <laughs> the, yeah, it, it senator is not a a Scottish friendly word. <laughs> senator, because <laughs> you don't you don't pronounce the T's. <laughs> senator. <laughs> There you go. A senator. <laughs> okay. Senator. Yeah, there's there's a senator on a boat. Yeah. On a yacht. <laughs> on a, a very yacht. small yacht. Yeah, he's got like he's got his secretary to who's like another main character. And he's got like a like another friend dude who's there. Uh who gets shot quite quickly by the Japanese who find him. And the idea that, fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, they have a very sexist conversation. Now admittedly, the senator goes back to her afterwards and the way they're with each other feels a, makes it feel a bit more comfortable, like they do joke with each other about this. Yeah. And she says something very real that's actually quite sad. Where because the guy asked him, So are you have you slept with her yet? <laughs> like as soon as she leaves, even though she's just there to like be completely professional and to like uh, to help him out like this is what your speech should be or this is what I'm recommending you for and uh, like she's clearly very good at her job and as soon as she walks away the other guy who's leering at her the whole time is like so have you slept with her yet and you know the senator is like nah, that's that's you know boy talk or whatever like he's just trying to play it off play it cool and then goes and talks to her and she's like so did you tell him that we slept together <laughs> <laughs> And he does do that thing where he's like, you know, I want to. Yeah. And even though he admits to being married, he does get kind of gross. And she has like a real, real line where she said, I guess, you know, it's just, it's going to be something that people assume about me. Like, yeah, I'll just it, live with that. It's a yeah. shame. I'll just have to, yeah, I just have to live with that fact. Like, yeah. Um, it's, it, it's walking a very fine line where they're trying to like clearly date him and the type of character that he is, but they're also mm-hmm. trying to make him somewhat likable. Like he's not like this awful person. But what he does say is inappropriate. Like if, if that was your employer, and I mean, I, I, the one thing that makes it feel a little bit better is that because her sort of jokingly saying, "Well, did you tell him I slept with you yet?" Is is if like she's aware of it. She she's you know she's cracking the joke first, and it makes it a little bit more comfortable. But at the same time, him saying, "Well, you know, I want to." <laughs> you yeah. know it's inappropriate of course it is um so yeah that's true you know so it, it does that the better thing that it does to make you like him a little bit is that you find out his policies later that he actually suspected there might be an attack he thought the pacific 
post should have been better defended and stuff like that and he uh you know it sounds like his policies were good and so basically what happens is is that after the japanese attacked the, their boat and it they blow up they actually just make the choice to rescue the survivors because you know they jump in the water to not get hit and it's just those two that are left and they're mm-hmm. airlifted out and as soon as he says his name like owens uh who's went to like get them is like huh i know that name and it's like, yeah, yeah he's he was... a bit of a historian himself. Like he's writing yeah. some kind of book on the history of Pearl Harbor. And he's like, huh. just convenient. <laughs> it's, it's very convenient, yeah, that there's someone there who has photos of the time, so that they can compare photos from the, you know, the, the surveillance images. And that photo like that. is ridiculous, though. I'm just going to bring that up now. <laughs> sure, sure, yes. Because <laughs> the photo they, all right, go ahead. That's no, okay. What, what, what's oh, wait, ridiculous? Okay, uh, so he. So he's immediately like, okay, he should have died. And he doesn't actually tell anyone, but he, he, this is the point where he clearly gets the idea that they shouldn't alter things, they should try and keep things the same. But Martin Sheen keeps like sneaking into his room to read his manuscript. <laughs> and he reads a part yeah. about the senator who was like a favorite to be the vice president. And because Roosevelt was going to die, he would become president, you know, automatically at the time. And like, it was like, this would really reshape the history of the country <laughs> because this will change who's going to be president for at least some time. Yeah. And maybe that would affect where the country voted, you know, after that point. Maybe that would affect, you know, where, where minds, hearts and minds went. Who knows? He clearly had different ideas since he was, you know, mm. pro better defenses against against Japan. And I think at one point they said that he wanted to be in the war. Like he thought America should be in World War Two uh, mm-hmm. already, uh, which ultimately obviously they ended up in. But, um, you know, it, it raises all these questions and unfortunately that's kind of as far as we get is we get one scene where he talks to you know sheen's like think of the possibility all the mistakes we could fix from the next 40 years and my first thought was like yeah but you're going to start changing things so ultimately what happens in 30 years won't even be relevant because things will be so different probably right and he well he's also the one who brings up like the time travel paradox of if i go back in time and kill my grandfather how can i be alive to do that and uh but he still seems very excited by the idea of having this nuclear-powered ship <laughs> in 1941, or when they're about to enter the war. Like and, this is, and you know, seemingly for the next 40 years, what they can do, what kind of power that will give. Because at one point, uh, the senator says something, and he's like, "Oh, we're going to take on the Japanese fleet." And he's like, "With one ship," and that that was part of the where I felt the, the wankery. You know, the like, look at all the shit we've got now. Like how cool our navy is now that we could take our entire fleet from 1940. Yeah, but there is. There is a pretty cool shot because not only do they rescue the civilians, but they do shoot down to the the two Japanese fighter planes that mm. blew up the yacht, and they bring the one survivor of the the Japanese pilot on board, and you can see in his eyes like there's one shot of him just like on the carrier like, what am I standing on? Like this yeah. is not what we're ready for. We're not prepared for this. And I thought that was a really good shot, and I'm glad it was in the movie because. I mean, this is the most interesting part of the film. As, and so. the, the sad part is, is that it, it does kind of feel like an afterthought. Like, as much as we've, we've yeah. brought up a couple of lines that Martin Sheen has and that Owens has about altering the timeline, that's it. That, that's the extent of it. And it's a shame because when I talked about how the film should revolve around this, because I love, because the captain immediately is kind of like, okay, we'll be quiet for now. But ultimately he gets to the point where he's like, look, we're part of the US Navy. We're here to defend 
defend the country regardless of when where and how so we're going to intervene and i love the idea that what should really happen in the film at this point is that there should almost be kind of a mutiny where there's like two camps there's like those who Mm -hmm. believe that they shouldn't interfere because it'll change things and then there's those who are just like no duty no matter what and that should be the debate it's such an interesting concept like is it i mean is it better the devil you know (laughs) like you know this is going to be this is going to be a really hard time for our country but it also you know eventually the war is over and we're victorious and so do you just let things play out or because i mean that's also the arc of the the character of the senator like his whole rest of the movie is him trying to get to pearl harbor to warn everybody to to warn them that the fleet's coming. Yeah, and then he he actually you know they say they're going to take him to Pearl Harbor and they don't. They take him to like a, a Hawaiian island where yeah. they're going to leave the, him and the the secretary with some supplies. And the idea they'll be eventually rescued, but they'll they'll be out of the picture while we're dealing with this. Yeah, they won't be on the ship and yeah. during the battle, and they won't be in Pearl Harbor where we'll yeah you know most likely be for the attack. So yeah. It, it seems like a neutral place to keep them since they were supposed to have died. But he's not willing to... So they've to, already changed history for yeah. that reason. But he's not willing to go along with that. So he ends up in the... Go back at the helicopter and he grabs a flare gun and tries to like hold them up with the flare gun to take them to Pearl Harbor. He's not having it. Yeah. And he ends up shooting the flare gun and you know because it blows up the helicopter, right? And mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, this could be a whole interesting like theme in this movie is that will destiny almost try and self-correct where he's not mm-hmm. supposed to live so they're making sure he doesn't like you know so this is why this happens and plays out this way and yeah. because the, obviously i didn't talk about the, the final twist here actually so the mysterious like guy who runs martin sheen's company uh, doesn't want to be seen but he's in a limo and he's like no he, this was his order to come in here right and i have to admit the first time i watched this i guessed okay this is someone from the past that he's going to meet right this whole time yeah right and it wasn't exactly that it ended up being owens who ends up being trapped in the past and just lives out his life in the past yeah he ends up stuck on the island with yeah. a beautiful woman in hawaii bummer. yeah and they, they end up getting married <laughs> and this is him now he's this wealthy old yeah. man and that's how the movie ends with this reveal which is a neat idea well, they said that- the the character who is in the car um who's working for the dod they said that he helped design the ship yeah 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 and makes sense the way i was reading this and again i wish the movie went into this more is that no they always went back and that that's why this is okay is because they always had to go back and they always intervened and the mysterious disappearing of the senator was mm-hmm. always this it was always he went on the ship and then ended up exploding and he always went back in time and then lived through you know the next 40 years yeah like i mean as far as time travel goes it's pretty clear like or pretty clean especially compared to like other time travel films that you watch um they really do like you know dot every i and cross every t like it's it's good but it's not very interesting yeah like like i think that resolution is fine that they're always going to come back and the reason why they haven't messed up time is because they were always going to be involved as much as they were that always happened right we're in a bit of a time loop but it always happened because the the time vortex thing shows up again as they're approaching the japanese fleet to take them out so they don't actually get to intervene at all again going back to the idea that destiny's like making sure things play out as they should like it sends them there in the first place because it knows it has to and then ultimately sends them back before they do anything they're not supposed to kind of thing Mm -hmm. right you could almost read it like that and like i I just wish it spent more time sort of delving into that i I, like it's such an interesting idea But, but again you make the core thing be the debate 
be a debate should we intervene or should, shouldn't we yeah and then to have that be the debate and have people bring things up well if we do this then this happens maybe the war ends sooner because we do this uh or maybe or, or, or maybe it just plays out completely differently because like you know like i mean arguably you're saying yeah okay they're still technically declaring war on japan by doing this but does it happen the same way does america like react as harshly you know when they kind of started it almost versus when right would would they have the support of the american people yeah yeah yeah. Um, because you know the americans entered the war late yeah and most people did not want to be involved in whatever was going on on the other side of the world so if we attacked a japanese fleet like that's not the same as protecting or like retribution for them yeah. taking out our hawaiian base well, i mean it's, it's i mean it's, if you want to look at it from a, a human history point of view it's a little sad that it had to be retribution <laughs> but you know yeah um i won't get into that but it would change your mind yeah you know when after you've been attacked hey as as, as someone who is currently not speaking german <laughs> i am more than happy <laughs> that the u.s decided to get into world war ii <laughs> Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah, please don't. <laughs> hey, for the record, you colonials have gotten a lot out of hand. I feel like, you know, need to step in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. You, you, you've elected someone that's clearly a cry for help. So Hey, I'm Canadian, all right? <laughs> Canadians are still colonials. I get to play whatever card I want. <laughs> I'm both. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Like all, all these things that would have changed, and how would they have changed? Um, like you know, because like I, I really wanted to. There's, there's a TV show on Amazon called The Man in the High Castle, and I wanted to love that show because it was this great idea of an alternate world where uh, Nazi Germany and Japan won World War Two, right? And mm-hmm. like. I've the, heard of it. The US, like, I remember, like, being really fascinated with the mythology. The, unfortunately, I thought, like, the middle eight episodes were just, like, spinning their wheels and wasn't that interesting to watch. But mm-hmm. the start and the end of the season, because because it was, I think it was, like, four, the fourth season's coming, that's going to be the end of the show. And some people really like it, so maybe it got better. But I, I feel like it was spinning its wheels a lot. But I was I was fascinated by the, the mythology, because in the opening, like, episode, it, it kind of showed you this map, and it was, like, okay, like, the the west coast of the US is is Japanese now. And the east coast is mm. all is all Germany, or it's more specifically Nazis. And it was like this is interesting, like how they divvy up the country and like how this works, and how people still speak English, but they're also expected to know the other language of their area. And it, it was just really fast. I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe this movie should sort of get into debate and what might happen if this ha- like who knows? Maybe this could lead to losing the war if they intervene. As much as they'll they'll have superior firepower, maybe this like inspires yeah you never know yeah i mean that's that is one of the the great points uh that should have been explored exactly yeah like you know sure yeah maybe, maybe this happens but maybe this like like i can't remember the timeline exactly where we are where we are with like the atomic bomb but like maybe this doesn't inspire like the 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 effort to like get that that manhattan project like going along at the same pace i'm assuming it wasn't mm-hmm. like done yet because you know it's only 41 and the first bomb wasn't dropped till 45 uh but, yeah well, i think mine... that was inspired because the germans were building something and so yeah like oppenheimer knew or something yeah and 
anyway yeah yeah actually my knowledge like, it's been a while yeah yeah i, I learned a lot it's of a stuff in, since i took a history class yeah in high school but i mean it's it's all went no i fact no i wasn't in high school world war Two. i've not done since uh the equivalent of grade school mm. wow I, I i did world war one in high school and i did like the rise of the nazis and i did uh, the cold war but i never so world war Two is a long time ago for me mm. in terms of learning about it so uh, the details of it and i imagine at that age they were probably a little bit they softened some stuff because we're so young like <laughs> let's, let's not traumatize the kiddies uh teaching them about all sorts of things whereas when i was in high school and they were telling us about mustard gas i was like yeah so this is what mustard gas did oh yeah <laughs> wow, world war one is so brutal oh it's so like, brutal you, you always you learn about world war Two because world war Two is just much more it's much more filmable because there's like there's a villain. <laughs> was a, yeah, it was a clear Everybody villain. Everybody dresses like yeah. a villain, you know. But World War One is just it. There's not a lot that happens. There's not a lot of ground that's made. It's just no man's land where you just throw people into. They call it the meat grinder because it's it's true. Like, but so many people were lost. So many more people were lost in World War One, and it's it's such a. It's also, but it is kind of like a. I love learning about World War One because it's such a a gross war. Like, oh yeah, something like. 40% of like France's male population, if not more, were just gone. Like, George, George, that's so insane. Just yeah. generations of men just lost. Yeah, poor, and they also, it was the only war that had both tanks and horses. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, the, the technology <laughs> advanced in the middle of the war. By the time they got to the end of the war, like the first planes were even, I think, well, they, yeah, I, th I think by the end of the war, there was like some, some of the first like planes that were being used. Oh, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, it's... Uh, I think they were. Yeah, I think they were. Because I, I feel like I, I remember... World War One is so brutal. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I heard this about World War Two, But I, I remember hearing about the, the gun had to be timed to fire through the propellers. Which is really, like, insane when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's really interesting. Uh, but now you're right. Like, it was the first one with tanks. And they were really bad as well. I remember, like, learning in history class how they, they, they would break down a lot. Like they, they, so mm -hmm. often they would break down because the early tanks were really unreliable. Because this was kind of these early days of this te technology that was kind of is like, and who can blame them for rushing can it out? Can you imagine <laughs> like having a cavalry unit? Like the types of generals who were talking, who were, were fighting like the previous war on horseback <laughs> <laughs> against fucking tanks. That is so crazy. I, I want that movie. <laughs> I think World War One. Like I, I remember liking learning about it, and honestly, if you asked me today how it started, I'd be really confused because it's a really complicated like domino effect. I mean, it was Archduke Franz Ferdinand getting shot. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that was the 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 straw that broke the camel's back. But it's not the the sole reason. That's just kind of what ignited it. But there was a lot of like dominoes set up around Europe to ignite it. But I. I like <laughs> it was fascinating to learn about and just because I, I remembered we watched all of black adder goes forth it's like like we'd watch like one of those a week in history class but i've never seen it well joe was really good because right? it it yeah it's a comedy of ron atkinson right and this was they'd already done the series based on other like periods of history but what was but so good about mr. Bean? sorry but he's not mr bean he's not mr bean in this no he's a really sarcastic prick in it or a really cynical prick i should maybe say um but he's a, he's basically a weasel who's constantly trying to get out of going over the top um on no man's land and it's six episodes but what was really great about watching it after having studied it in depth in class was that all the little jokes they put in that was really specific and like referenced the time period we got all of them 
it was like a really mm. neat, it was a really neat, as much as it says like, oh, you get a goof off and watch this comedy it was actually a really neat way of enforcing a lot of the stuff we'd learned yeah. plus it probably made it a better comedy yeah and it was <laughs> really funny yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Fry was in there and yeah I, I watched um, my class watched Dr. Strangelove after reading about the Cold War oh yeah yeah and that like improved my viewing by like 200% you know, <laughs> when I watched it too I did like, Cold War in that same class we never watched Dr. Strangelove though he went for a more serious version that's based in the same book uh, I think it was just not Red Alert. It was something like that, though. What's the book called? It's something like that. I don't know. Code Red. It's definitely not as good. It wasn't as good. I mean, it was a fine little drama. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't Doctor Strange. It wasn't the satirical take on it. Well, if anyone's interested in World War or World War One, watch Pass of Glory. Watch, watch Pass of Glory and watch Black Arrow Goes Forth. Yeah, <laughs> I have to add that to my list. Uh, and. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a slight spoiler. Despite it's a comedy and it's really funny all the way through, the ending's actually really sad. Oh, okay. <laughs> because it's World War One. In fact, I'll spoil one joke from the last episode. They think they've got out of it. They think the war's over. They think they've heard over the over the wireless, as it was called in the day, that the war is mm-hmm. over. And he stands up, says, "Oh, this will be a day that's celebrated for years. The war ended on." And then he says a date, and it's like it's like nineteen seventeen. And it's like a really dark laugh because she's like, oh, it's not. Oh. <laughs> There's another year. Oh, no. Um, but yeah. Uh, look, look at this movie making us talk about uh, our, our Larry about World War One and Two. Um, yeah. I mean, I love learning about history. That's why I like, I love war movies also for that reason. I just, you know, I hope that they're as accurate as possible because that's where I get most of my knowledge from now. <laughs> A lot, a lot of what I learned about World War Two, if I remember right, was a lot about what was happening on the UK during the war. It was like the idea of everyone having to do blackouts and you get fined if you if you let any light show through because they didn't want the planes to know where the cities were. Oh wow! So everyone was. I don't think I've ever heard that fact. Before. Oh really? No, you, legally you had to cover all your windows, and if there was any light peeking through your windows, like people went out to check, you were fined. Uh, for for wow. yeah. Uh, and then you, you also had all the all the some of the kids from the, the bigger cities were sent to the country to live with other other people for a while because the cities right. were deemed because if you're going to bomb a city or invade a city you're going to invade a big one yeah, yeah. so no yeah, it was just chaos like you know like while while the U.S. was uh, just enjoying life as normal during the start of World War Two <laughs> yeah well, Churchill's was, like begging. <laughs> Yeah, the the UK is just Begging, like please. living in fear because you know we're close enough for planes to bomb the shit. Out of us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm glad I wasn't alive during that period. I'm, I'm glad that I'm a little Me bit full ahead. Too. Yeah, a little bit better. A lot of my family are, you know, uh, they're all immigrants. My, I mean, I, I'm an immigrant to the U.S., but my family's from Canada, and their family is are from Germany and Austria, and they're all in Canada because of World War II, trying to avoid it. Yeah, no, I mean that's actually one of my favorite things about. Uh, I, I think when you're a kid and you hear about the Nazis, and I know this is going way off topic, but when you're a kid and you hear about the Nazis, I think you just assume, oh, so Germany was evil during that time. But I think it is important to realize that not everyone in Germany wanted to be a Nazi or approved of what they were doing. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we, I remember watching this movie, and again, history, I watched a lot of stuff in history class. It, like, it was used a lot, because like, it, it was a really good way of visualizing. Because usually, even if the plot wasn't necessarily 100% accurate, like 
movies often the setting work, usually the, was, the setting yeah. yeah the way they dress the way they sound the way they, look, they usually put a lot of effort into that stuff there's a lot you can glean from it yeah and we watched an early christian bale movie called uh, swing kids and it was about um uh teenagers who like were into swing and that was that was like a nazis didn't like swing they, they liked to ban music that wasn't like approved and swing was like almost the punk of the 40s right where it was like you were a rebel if you were listening to swing mm-hmm. music a beatnik yeah um and it's about you know these these things and i mean i don't remember a lot of the movies so much but it was just a really nice like glimpse into like seeing because i mean everyone's heard of the gestapo and them taking people away who disagree with the state or say anything bad about you know the regime and and things like that and but i remember having this hopeful ending so i guess spoilers for swing kids but uh, basically the the main characters are taken away at, at the end but the one of the main guy's little brother who's like you know 12 like picks up the the hat or whatever he drops and it's, it basically symbolizes that the next generation will see victory that yeah okay this ended really badly for this generation but people who are just a, a few years younger are going to see them fall they're going to see the nazis fall and you know so it's got this kind of uplifting kind of perseverance message to it and yeah uh so we're just, we're just talking about wars apparently now uh because because of yeah this is what you want i this told you, you i'm a fan of war movies i love them <laughs> do you know i i wouldn't say i do i think there's a lot of good ones i like but i think it's more about just the movie being good as opposed yeah. to the subject matter necessarily i mean um, i liked i liked some of the airplane porn that we got in <laughs> in this movie too <laughs> i definitely liked all the ship porn like i i will say i wish there were so many scenes in this movie that felt very dull, even when there was interesting conversations, just because the setting was so dull. Because rooms I, on I a ship are dull as shit. It was a different director. <laughs> well, I just wish we had a director that had a better vision. Sure, yeah. Um, that can make the environment more interesting. Yeah, because... Because uh, ships haven't really changed that much in design. Like, there's a lot of gray, and there's a lot of beige, and there's a lot of bright overhead lights. Uh, but you can really make... A, you know a scene dramatic for example sound i can't design in it like there was hardly any sounds except if you were on the flight deck i can't and even there's no atmosphere i i really was missing that in this movie there, there is no atmosphere you're absolutely right it's, it's very sterile in what it's doing yeah to, to sort of back up what you just said i don't think i can think of a single shot that had a shallow depth of field. I can't think of a shot where it was like a close-up of a face where the background's no, it, very blurry. Just to describe what I mean for people who don't know what I mean by shallow depth of field. That's when you have a close-up, but the background's really blurry. Um, if, if I... Like, like I can adjust the, the, the focus of my camera, but I'm really close to it, so it won't work. But if I if I had like a, a deeper background, I could make... Because like, it's, it's slightly out of focus over there, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not super out of focus, but it's a little bit out of focus, um, which is what you want. Uh, and a lot of shots and it's, it's sometimes it's subtly there but wide shots don't tend to have backgrounds that are out of focus you can do with the right lenses but not usually mm-hmm. this movie like it is very simple you know it's, it's very like you know two shots three shots oh is your camera started pausing again damn it yeah i know uh, <laughs> hopefully. Um, hopefully that doesn't start up again so like yeah the direction is very straightforward it, you know it's very much you, you wish it was doing more with the talking. and I, I guess I wish that one of the characters had an arc. You know, I wish one of the characters had an emotional stake in this. Like, here's what you do, right? Here's how you, you make this work emotionally. One of the people on the ship, maybe the captain, maybe someone else high up, their father is in Pearl Harbor. Cause, because they're at the right age. Like, I think there's enough there, like, without it. <laughs> Maybe there is, but I just think that they don't explore anything. You're, you're... Uh, like it's a really cool concept 
that doesn't get explored. Uh, like you said, like to have a twelve angry men, you know, no, meeting in the wardroom with I, all the I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just I'm offering an alternative where if you give it like an emotional like a character actually has an arc where they have to accept that they can't save someone they care about, right? That could be your emotional through line if you want it to be. And you'll have to like it, like, <laughs> like it's fine. But I don't like it. <laughs> okay. But like, it I would think, be something. I think there's enough there. The emotional arc of being the person at the top of the chain of command who has to make this decision of whether or not we change history is enough. But it it doesn't really get explored very much. Oh and- no, I agree. If if you do everything else we suggested earlier, like that would ha- that would have the arc because it would be this fight between two camps, and ultimately the end of the movie would be the because the worst thing about the movie is absolutely like they're going to go and attack the fleet and then time vortex just opens up and stops them that's not satisfying to me what would be satisfying is if they eventually convince the captain that they just shouldn't do it that it's just the wrong thing to do and the captain agrees that is the satisfying conclusion to this movie it would be it would be heartbreaking especially if they have to witness something but Mm. Or yeah. if they, even if they decide to intervene, like I want to see, I want to see those ships. I want to see all those like sailors on board the Arizona look at this giant piece of Navy monstrosity called the Nimitz and in awe and see that performance. Well, like, what, actually, I want it. Like, I want to see that too. Like, either movie would be good to me. Yeah, and there's that one scene where the senator calls in and tries to talk to someone, and they're like, "What the Nimitz? That's that's an act of colonel. There's yeah. no ship called that. Like, I want that colonel's reaction. I want or admiral. Sorry, I want that admiral standing there being like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> that's my name." <laughs> right like either of those movies would be great <laughs> I, I i think i prefer the one where the ultimate choose don't to I, I think from a, a theoretical you can still make the time travel work better yeah. or you can just make this an alternate history movie yeah you and, could do that yeah that would be fun and you can do it with a consequence that pays off i think i from, think that would be cool too i think for like, me like I when just, they show i just want to bring this up sure. because you brought it up Go. earlier or it came up earlier the the photograph yeah, so yeah, yeah. in order to they they send out a plane to take pictures of pearl harbor because it doesn't it's not reading the way it should and it comes back and it's this old photo aerial photo of pearl harbor from 1941 and they take the owens just happens to have a photo from the smithsonian of Pearl Harbor 1941 and it's, it's the, the exact same photograph it's, it's just the, it's, it's just cut out and like enlarged a little bit by like five percent it's so ridiculous it's like, the same it's angle same it's photograph. Like, it's ridiculous With camera technology yeah. hasn't changed in 40 years I don't buy it it's so dumb like they couldn't put a little bit of effort into making it look different yeah I questioned that actually because the I assumed the photo from the modern day plane would be better than that like in color for example <laughs> That's why I want this movie to be remade. I want to see <laughs> Pearl Harbor as it was with this giant Nimitz nuclear ship in the center of it. I, I want to see that. I, I, I get I get the desire for that. I, I think for me, I, I like the idea of like choosing not to and making it purely be about the talking. Is, is, That's is, fine too. Yeah, is, is what... I, I still want to see Pearl Harbor. Like, I, I want to see oh, it sure. in this movie yeah. so that you can see but the difference between the ships. The other thing you said there, though, that fascinates me is the idea that they don't get to leave before it happens. They have to actually hear it over the comms that, it, that Pearl Harbor's been attacked and basically yeah, sit there and do nothing. you can make it like a truly dreadful, heartbreaking, like... 
and it, we like we have to go through this like we were there because we are there now yeah and it reminds me actually there was an episode of doctor who uh this past season and i know you're not a fan of doctor who and i'm not even a big fan of doctor who but there was one great episode right this season mm-hmm. uh called rosa about rosa parks if, you, if, you, if you're familiar with the story of rosa parks i am i'm yeah. i did go to school in america okay <laughs> right so basically there well, are the... i think i learned about rosa parks when i was a student in canada as well sure my, <laughs> my history is so confusing yes um where's tara from no one knows everywhere no one uh, knows but like mars yes um uh, so so like so this episode of doctor who where they go back to like, the rosa parks incident right and it's just before that and the idea that there's you know the, the villain of the episode is basically done something to change the time stream so that so that the 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 moment where she chooses not to not to give give up her seat for for the white guy uh is doesn't happen right and the good characters have to basically engineer it so that the circumstances will happen and there's this great moment where they want to leave the bus right because of the okay they've got her on the bus it's it's, it's the right driver because the driver needs to be that driver because the driver comes up and confronts her that makes the scene right but they mm-hmm. realize that if they get off the bus, then there'll be enough seats for more people. They have to stay in the seats and be, they have to be, oh. right? And not only that- So they have to watch this horrible event happen? No, one of them gets up to leave thinking they're going and ends up being the white person who needs a seat. So he has to stand there and kind of be the one the driver's fighting for almost. And they're all just, and they can't intervene. They can't speak up and like say anything about the horrible thing that's happening in front of them. They just have to stand there or sit there in some cases and let it happen and it's the best scene of that entire season of doctor who i love that scene it was this this idea of like of course you want to intervene you want to tell this asshole to shut up and throw him out the window of course you do but you can't because it has to happen or what she inspires by doing this will never come to pass and like yeah give me that scene give me give me them listening or even seeing from a distance the destruction of Pearl Harbor, but choosing not to intervene because it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, history won't play out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. That, that could be powerful. That could be powerful. Remake it, Hollywood. I mean, I you're all into remakes anyway. Let's just do it. Sadly, <laughs> I want it. Sadly, like, there's fun elements to this movie. I like the characters talking back and forth. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing approaching powerful. Not even in the realm of no it. well i do really like the scene with the japanese guy when he gets the gun yeah i I'll, mean because it's the most exciting thing that happens. It is, yeah yeah he basically he steals a gun <laughs> but it is a really good scene like it's tense i felt the tension and uh i i was like totally into that scene yeah he steals a gun just from... yelling in japanese there's no <laughs> subtitles you just you can totally like from the context figure out what he's saying or at least enough that you need to know it's uh that was a really good part he steals a gun from his guard. That's why I explain what the scene is. Sorry, I'm too excited. You do that sometimes where you'll bring up a scene and I'll go to just give a brief like summary of what the scene is so that anyone who's not... Because some people listen to our shows and don't don't watch the movie itself. They're just like hearing about it. So you have to like give them the context and Tara will just go on for like a minute and I'm like, Tara, I just well, need to tell them what it is before you say what you like about it. I'm still new at this. <laughs> you're doing fine you're doing fine you're doing fine it's a funny moment it's fine uh, but he still he steals the gar- gun from the guard and the, the civilians are the other senator and the, the woman's there um, and Ma- Mar- Ma- Martin Sheen's there yes Martin Sheen not Michael Sheen Martin Sheen uh, and uh, Owens is there so it's in this sort of isolated like uh, infirmary kind of area mm-hmm. and 
first question I have to ask you though, I've got I've got a nitpick. Mm-hmm. Why is your prisoner of war from nineteen forty not handcuffed? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean he, he is in he is in sick bay, but yeah, he probably should be restrained. There are armed guards there. Yeah, your armed guards who are shitty enough to get easily taken out. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I like the scene a lot. Once the scene gets to the tense moment where he's got them at the gunpoint, I love everything from that point on. The actual yeah. reason he gets to do that just felt a little bit like... Yeah. He would be restrained. Uh, he probably should have been... Like, he seemed to be totally healthy, so he probably should be in the brig, not in sickbay anymore. I mean... But, I, I, I mean, there are armed guards. There, I, I, will, yeah, I will accept good. they want him here because they don't want him to see how advanced the brig is, right? They don't want him to see any other parts of the ship. And this was like... Like, just for argument's sake, they have to go through other sections of the ship to get to the brig. They don't want him to see any of that. So they're like, no, just put him here. But okay, that's fair. Just handcuff him. <laughs> you know, restrain him to the table, whatever. Like, it just made mm-hmm. no sense to me why I wasn't handcuffed. Uh, but yeah, once he has the gun on them and he's like just screaming things in Japanese and they're all kind of freaking out. They don't want to do... Um, you know, and they have the translator on board who speaks Japanese, and he's like, you know, over the comms, like, kind of like translating. We get the basically, he demands to know what's going on, uh, and how much they know. And Owens, you know, the captain says, Owens, just tell him, right? So he doesn't shoot anyone. And the translator's translating, so he says out loud, Okay, your fleet's at this position, you have this many ships, you have this. Tomorrow, you're going to attack Pearl Harbor. And yeah. I, what I love about this moment is you just see the senator over at the side reacting to him and just kind of being like, how could you know that? What is yeah. this? Um, I, I like that moment. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They know like the code, the code name for Their the attack. attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. And um, I also I really do like the senator character. I think I think it was smart to make him not the bad guy in the movie. Like he clearly is the opposition it, or it, what's in the way. But he's not a bad guy. Like all he wants to do is warn Pearl Harbor, and all the Nimitz is oh, yeah. doing is keeping him from doing that. Like, his, they don't want him to interfere. His intentions are perfectly valid. You understand them, which is honestly why he's I think he's kind of a hero. Like he dies trying to be <laughs> heroic, and you can't really blame him. No, like he's frustrating <laughs> for, as an antagonist because he is kind of an antagonist in the sense that he's working against he's, our characters. He's, yeah, he's an obstacle. Yeah. Um, like, which but he's makes... not really wrong. Like it's it's part of that moral debate that we yeah. should have more of, and I think he represents that side of it. Like we need to get involved. But, we need to do something. But at the same time, is it morally right just to not tell him? Like you know, you could you could just tell him. You could try and explain it to him. Yeah, it'd be but, like I mean, the the backstory that we get for him is that he's the person who's been warning the U.S. about Japan yeah. for a couple weeks already. So clearly he's always going to be for warning Pearl Harbor that an attack is coming. No, it's really, it's really, it's, it's interesting when you think about it. I, I think that, again, the problem is that they don't actually explore it enough themselves. They don't actually make yeah. a point of like there, going into these so ideas. There's so much smart stuff, so, stuff, so many smart ideas and smart characters that should make a great movie. But, again, but they just don't. Going back they to don't. going back to my captain, like wants to intervene and they kind of mutiny and it's like two sides of the opposite. Essentially, what I want for the movie is the captain is the antagonist and you have to convince him not to be. Like that's what I want. Yeah, I mean, he does choose duty. He does choose yeah, he does. To, to to intervene, what? and nobody once he makes his decision, nobody objects. 
but and this is the thing the time vortex shows up again i wouldn't want it to be uh the civilian i'd want it to be his crew i'd want it to be serious i'd want it to be no this is technically a mutiny because people are saying no captain we can't do this we're telling you yeah. not we're, we're, we're telling you no um because I, I always like the idea of like mutiny is always treated as this big thing or disobeying an order or whatever but i always like when it puts some like a movie or whatever puts someone in a position where the order is wrong Right, you know, that's why Crimson Tide is so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the order is kill this innocent person, and he's like, and you know, the person who's ordered is like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I like that debate, and you're always on the side of the person. You're never on the side of the asshole given the order because, yeah, no, this is clearly wrong. Um, and I am of the opinion that in those situations, should they really exist, and I'm sure they probably do, um, no, disobey the order. Tell them to go f themselves. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I believe that you are allowed to disobey a direct order if you deem it immoral. Oh, interesting. That's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, because I mean, there, there, you'd have to go probably be court-martialed for it or... A lot of paperwork, I imagine. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I believe there is some sort of protection if you truly um, believe that it is a, like a dishonorable order, then you are allowed to disobey it. Or a... a you are you'll eventually allowed you are expected to yeah yeah and presumably you'll be treated kind of criminally for a while but once you've it's been investigated you've been court-martialed you go through the process theoretically you'll come out on the other end being proven to have done it for the right reason correct theoretically yeah (laughs) Yeah. i said i mean and who's right i'm I'm just saying (laughs) right in this case you know i'm seeing jack nicholson and a few good men just screaming on 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 the stand now (laughs) we should just change our podcast to be a war movie podcast <laughs> oh no i'm pretty sure all we'll the good just take a break from sci-fi and just do everything worthwhile know, i have got to say war about movie. war has been said in this episode <laughs> i don't think i've got much more on me come on you want to watch crimson tide <laughs> <laughs> all right coming soon Fine, watch it with connor c- coming soon I'll put, it, the, I'll put it on your list the monthly war podcast <laughs> from, from <West> TV. <laughs> Oh, I'm joking. No one expect that. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that every April first. We'll do a war movie podcast instead of sci-fi. Yeah, or every like leap year, once every four years. At the end of February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. That's an idea. So yeah, I think I will say I I think the the romance, if you want to call it that. It's, it's not bad like there's nothing about it that's like offensively like forced out of the movie or anything like that but i don't necessarily think it's necessary either i, I almost feel like in, in a way it feels like we just like oh this can't be all men we have to have a woman character and don't get me wrong i, I actually sympathize with that that desire because yeah it would otherwise be all men yeah especially in war films you just don't really get a lot of female characters yeah ever. absolutely and i i think in this movie because they don't really dwell on it it kind of works that they just got married like in that 40 year span you know and, you know by the time we get to present day i think if we got the movie we wanted from this i think it would feel really weird and tacked in or tacked on to have also a love story playing out um because there's not really much they have like one or two exchanges where he seems to respect her for being a strong woman who wants to like, he's clearly infatuated with her yeah like yeah. He, he's clearly attracted to her because she is against ahead of her time and does want to not just get by on her look she wants to work she doesn't want to be stay at home she wants to do these things she's this forward-thinking woman and he likes that about her and he finds that he, he finds that attractive um mm-hmm. you don't much i mean you'd hope that 
more men in 1980 or present day would find that attractive. Not all of them do. <laughs> but, you know, that's clearly his attraction to her. So it plays, they have enough chemistry just in that moment there. It's, it's, it feels fine when you, when it's like, at the end, it's like, hey, they, they got married in the last 40 years and they've been together all this time, sure. But it's not like, oh, I care about this love story and like, they're, they're you know, like, it is a very just kind of a little element there where, see if at the end of the movie he got in the dilemma when it was just a guy, it was just him. It wouldn't really change the effect of the ending. Um, except, except for the fact that, you know, she wants her dog back who's travelled through time. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, plus, she ends up being a hostage. And mm-hmm. I think you do feel it more because she's just a civilian female. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, also, some of the, 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 the sailors are a little bit... Um, like, they'll actually just run in and get shot like red shirts during, during that scene that we're talking about again, uh, where the, the Japanese guys get the gun on them. There's, there's literally two yeah. sailors who just run in the room and get shot and die immediately. Yeah, man, I would have loved to have been on that <laughs> on that crew for that. <laughs> I get to wear squibs? <laughs> yeah, the last yeah, one I was talking about earlier, I was wondering if the people who come in and get shot are actually sailors, or because they were wearing squibs they had to be actual extras who were at least somewhat oh maybe trained yeah. or something yeah i don't know uh because that, that, that would have been a fun thing though it's like hey i get to wear squibs oh yeah i'll yeah, do that right. i'll pretend to die <laughs> i get a good shot awesome. <laughs> that'll be fun um i like that no i it, it's a frustrating movie because it is there's so much potential in the premise yeah and it just doesn't really want to focus on it, and it's ultimately just kind of okay because of it. Even I, I think it's a very pleasant watch, but this is a movie that you watch on Sunday afternoon at like two p.m. while you're doing something yeah. else, right? Yeah, it's that kind With, of like movie. Like your grandpa or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we're, we're getting some, like armchair historian in your family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're getting to the point now where less and less people have like grandparents who were around a decent age during world war ii you know because time's moving yeah. on we're just getting away from that now um which is i suppose if you remade this now you you wouldn't really be able to do the twist at the end where pe- pe- someone's you know stayed through time because it's been too long now yeah it's i mean been... you can do like a, a relative but sure yeah it's because it's, it's been who maybe has kept this secret in their family or whatever passed down because it'll like some kind of templar <laughs> it'll be 80 years in two years time oh uh, yeah so wow you know, so they can't do that exactly thing again, yeah. But, um, but I don't think it needs it. Again, if we got the movie we wanted to, you wouldn't need that little twist <laughs> at the end. Yeah, I agree. If anything, I'd have been more interested if the senator stayed on board and came to the present day. And the the reason why he mysteriously vanished is because he came through time. And now it's like, okay, now you're you're in 1980 now, sir. You can't just be who you were. You're going to have to like, we're going to have to falsify some documents and give you a new identity because you can't just be you yeah yeah so i would like to watch that movie also that would be interesting <laughs> and then he'd be trying to like understand the politics of 1980 and be like cold war what, what's going on <laughs> communism <laughs> well the communism wasn't a thing necessarily in 1941 but you know what i mean it wasn't you know yeah wasn't the soviet regime um so no, interesting ideas interesting idea. Ho- hopefully this rambles where we've tangented into war stories and everything else has been <laughs> we did tangent a lot on yeah. this one i mean you talked about how authentic the ship was i mean is there anything else having served on a ship that you would like to point out about this movie anything that stuck out as being either false or, or real or 
Oh, it was very real. Like all the all the uh, drills that they did on the flight deck, all the general quarters uh, was all very real. Um, you didn't really get to see the living quarters except for the one stateroom. Mm-hmm. I think on a carrier, having a civilian from the DOD would probably get his own stateroom. He wouldn't have to share something with share one with a with another officer joe, joe made me laugh about that actually at one point when he's talking to the senator he's trying to say who he is i'm in the department of I, i'm with uh, this other thing because because it doesn't exist yet yeah. <laughs> the department of defense doesn't exist yet so he's just kind of like oh i'm with uh the navy affairs or something like this <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh yeah, me yeah. Laugh. um and again for like, the most part i think this is probably one of the more accurate uh depictions of the navy in in film even though it's an older film and, and from... even though it's got a time travel plot <laughs> yeah which is the, well, the time travel it. plot is like it's barely anything <laughs> i know i know it's like such a lukewarm sci-fi movie even though that there's the potential there for this to be a great like discussion sci-fi actually here's the other thing they could have done which again if you wanted more of that like having to blend in with the past is like this is a bit hokey and a bit more typical but uh, maybe more of a, a typical like mainstream movie but this would have also been fun. Like, what if they go to the past? Uh, the debate to intervene or not is still, like, brought up, but what if they need a part for the ship, right? There's something in the ship broke down. Like, they have to send some people in a smaller cra- a smaller boat to shore to, like, get something from town. So they all have to, like, pretend... To, like, so, like, maybe a team of four or five people. Kind of, almost like a Star Trek away team, right? You have to go into town and, like, actually go around Hawaii and not reveal right. that they're from the future. And, you know, that could be fun. But that's a bit more that could be fun, yeah. generic, but, you know, it would be something. <laughs> there was a scene that I wasn't sure was accurate, and it was the refueling scene in the air, mm. which is all, yeah, I mean, the way it was done, it was completely accurate. But I don't understand, because they were already back in time. So is the refueling ship, or the, not the ship, but the refueling plane, is it exactly the same as the refueling planes in the future like that seemed a little bit out of place do you remember the scene i'm talking about uh but bo- both the plane and their feeling refueling plane are from the future though they are okay yeah, I the, the... Thought that was i thought that was strange like because i thought that that was just a pearl harbor plane that just happened to be around but oh, no, i guess no, no, if no. they both came from the same carrier then it's not a big oh, deal yeah, the, the, it's, it's there because it's basically it's after he says that he wants the planes to stay out and like keep an eye on uh i can't remember okay. i can't remember if it's the fleet or the civilians but he says keep an eye on them send the refueling plane out there so they can linger for longer basically okay um then all right then it's fine yeah i mean it was still an unnecessary scene like it was, it was just showing off isn't it awesome to be in the navy because they didn't have to mention because like <laughs> We wouldn't know that they wouldn't have enough fuel to last for as long as they're out there, unless they told us. Like, that'd be yeah. fine, right? Yeah, it was just another scene to show e- off. Even if even if you're someone who knows this stuff and you know planes, they don't even necessarily tell you how much time is passing. So, like, even if you're a, a, an expert in these things, like, you may not even necessarily need to think, oh, it needs refueled. Like, it's been out here too long, mm-hmm. you know? So... That's what it is. Actually, I wish we got more scenes where... Because when they noticed the two Japanese... Uh, fighters uh over top like we have a couple of their you know the the what's the name of the ship the nimitz nimitz uh their their two jets are actually tailing them from like above from like a certain angle so they can't be seen i like the idea of them kind of stalking them and but obviously we can't be seen because you know 
<laughs> like we have futuristic planes they're going to be like yeah. what, what is this because I, I again like when they first flew over not realizing this is a civilian ship down there and the senator runs out to you know t- to the deck he's like what the hell are those things those are super fast like if they, yeah. if that if those are ours, i mean they have like an american thing on them but if those are ours like they've kept them secret like i'm making calls when i get back like what is this thing yeah you know, at, at this point, to be fair, uh, they're, they're not being stealthy because they don't know they're in the past yet. This is like before they've realized exactly where they are. Because the first hint of it is like a, there's like a radio broadcast, and it's like you know, like a baseball game or a boxing match from 1941. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot going on that just happens to be on the same day that I don't know if historically did take place on the same mm. day, but it was just like Jack Benny was on the radio. I mean, I'll and then there it. was like an historic fight going on, and then didn't we hear Churchill or someone on the on the radio also? I mean, I don't know if it was Churchill, but I will totally buy they played like a recording of Churchill in 1941. I mean, he was kind of deep in. Well, was was he was he um, in power in 41? Yeah, uh... he was. I can't remember. You you may actually know better than I do. Um, but even if he wasn't, he was still like a vocal he was, figure. Because Dunkirk know. was before this, right? Was before Pearl Harbor. I can't remember. Since American wasn't involved yet. Uh, that sounds right. That's a solid logic. I can't remember. I'm terrible with dates. I can't remember. I think it's right. Yeah. I enjoyed this more than Dunkirk, though. <laughs> that's, if that's a... I did not. I mean, Dunkirk's a better made movie. It's more of a I really film. Loved Dunkirk. Um, I love Dunkirk. Dunkirk looks great. Like the technical qualities of that film are astounding. Uh, I just wish I I gave a shit about anyone in it. <laughs> I love that this episode is just my my dream of having a war movie podcast. It really is. It really is. <laughs> We're just gonna go through all of the greatest hits. <laughs> I think because here's the th- here's here's my biggest pet peeve with I think some war movies is they just have this expectation that because it's based about a real thing and it's based on real people who are in a war that I'm supposed to care about the characters just because they're real people. No. You still have to make me care like a movie does. Just point blank. Yeah. Um I like I think that Dunkirk um is is successful at that, but I think you were expecting a Christopher Nolan movie that you didn't get. You're right. And I so didn't, yeah. You were disappointed. I, I was into it for like twenty, maybe thirty minutes, and then there's a point where I'm like this is still just going with the tension stuff and it was fine for a while but i'm just i started zoning out of it and by the time it got to the end and it's it's doing the happy thing at the end with the, the nice you know uplifting message of yeah we brought our boys home yeah everyone cheer i'm like ah oh, piss off <laughs> i really love dunkirk but anyway i think we should rate this movie <laughs> we probably should rate this movie we've been going on a long time we have i think we're approaching 80 minutes uh, actually people are going to click on the video thinking that it's just the the movie <laughs> How, and then how, with, with the mystery science theater section it might even get to the, the same length of the movie um so yeah That's i mean a good discussion, I, though. yeah that was a good discussion i mean i i think our content in general not just our show although i'm starting to get the impression our show specifically the ace is maybe a bit more prone to it um tangents tangents um in a fun way well, not i a am bad new way. at this <laughs> oh, I like it. I like a nice tangenty podcast. I mean, I like that we always come back to the topic. But I mean, some it's, a, it's very much a taste thing. I think some people hate podcasts where they don't stay on topic. I actually like them kind of veering off because I get to know the host more. Mm. Uh, so that's why I, that's why I like it. But um, it, it, maybe it's a taste thing. Some people hate that we tangent a lot. Some people love it, uh, and some people will just not mind because they like us, and that's okay. Well, I hope they like this discussion because I enjoyed it. Yes. So let's rate it. 
Tara's making demands. All right. Um, all right, Tara. <laughs> Since you're in charge, what's your rating of the final I'm, countdown? I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's there's so much potential in this film. Actually, that let me rephrase that. What's oh. the, the final score? <laughs> I did enjoy this movie uh, quite a bit while I was watching it. Um, I did also get a lot of frustration while watching it because the actual science fiction well the the time travel stuff was was fine they had some kind of weird storm in order to justify it whatever the situation is the interesting part and unfortunately that's the part that gets kind of shafted in order to show off all of this amazing technology and to recruit young men into the military and i can't say i didn't enjoy that stuff still i still do um but yeah, I really wish that this movie had explored more everything that we talked about. And I, I wish this movie didn't have to justify me asking for a remake because <laughs> it <laughs> delivered the first time. But I still enjoyed it. I still recommend it. I think it's a, a, a cool war film and a cool science fiction movie. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, I like. It's a frustrating film for me. It's actually a really easy watch because everyone's so likable. Uh, I, I don't think it ever drags too much, even though some of the 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 navy porn and the plane porn is a little bit, a little bit much at times. <laughs> You know, I, I think, you know, Kirk Douglas and Martin Sheen are both very likable. And as the, the, I wasn't as familiar with uh, James Ferrento, or, or Ferrentino, sorry, who plays uh, Owens. Owens, okay. Yeah, but he he was pre- pretty likable as well. Mm-hmm. So it's an easy enough watch, but it, it does very much feel like a, a missed opportunity. And it misses out on all the all, all the things I would want from this premise. It, it doesn't do, uh, even though it's a very pleasant enough like afternoon kind of film. So... Because of that, I am going to give it a six out of ten, uh, where I think it's it's pleasant enough, but it's it's not going to break any, you know, records. It's not going to leave you feeling like you watched a classic. And I think the sad part is, is that I think that's why this movie is not that well known now. I, I feel like you know I was surprised when you mentioned it to me because I was like, oh, someone else has heard of this movie because like <laughs> I have never met anyone who knows what this movie is. Yeah, it's been on my radar. Yeah, I don't know where I heard it from first, but it's definitely. Not I something... might have actually uh, some of it seemed familiar. I might have actually seen this movie before and forgotten it. <laughs> but I, I I think it's a testament that no one really talks about it. Like you don't hear this mentioned on lists. You don't hear this mentioned just in in general passing. Like we're we're like pretty big movie nerds, so we kind of seek out and find the weird ones and the the forgotten ones. But it is a forgotten movie. No one's talking about. It. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm shocked it's even got a Blu-ray release. To be honest. So, yeah, that was a bit more of a downer right. than I expected to end on. But it was, it's pleasant enough to watch. It's not, it's not an unpleasant experience. It's just... I don't, I think a six is fair. I mean, I know I rate it kind of high, but um, I did enjoy it, and I did enjoy the Navy porn. I'm sure some of it's just nostalgia. I'm sure a lot of it's just nostalgia. But mm-hmm. it's... Uh, I had a good time watching it. Yeah. I hadn't noticed anyone doing your job, though. You don't have to reveal what that was, but I was looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> neither did i yeah um 
unsung hero, Tara. You're unsung hero. <laughs> so I am. Um, I was going to say something there and I forgot because I was too busy cracking a joke about your job. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something else about something in the Navy, maybe. The movie? I don't know. Oh, that's going to bug me there. Anyway, uh, so that has been that has been the final countdown. And yeah, it's a forgotten movie. Uh, hopefully, if it sounds interesting, you'll seek it out if it's easy to find. But honestly, like it's, it's not one I'd recommend over a ton of other time travel movies. Or, and I'm sure you would want to recommend it over a bunch of other war movies either. Like, there's you know, there's better in both genres to <laughs> go seek out. Yeah, I agree. Although I haven't seen a more accurate depiction of like just being on a ship in any other war film yet. Because they saw this movie Except and said, Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, they saw this movie and said, you know what, this is really hard to shoot and kind of dull. We're not just going. We're just not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe that. Do they like submarines? Though I think something about a submarine but underwater is like this otherworldly kind of experience. They like to do submarine movies. The submarine movies are basically spaceship movies, which is why, which is why they're cool. <laughs> they're they are cool. I love them. Yeah, I, I'm doing. It. I prefer space movies, but I'll take a submarine as a as a second as a runner up prize. <laughs> oh yeah, Hunt for Red October and Crimson Tide. I mean, I they outrank a ton of spaceship films. <laughs> Come on, Das Boot. Das Boot. Yeah, I've seen that one many times. Yes, Das Boot's better than Hunt for Red October. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> and probably Crimson right. Tide, but I, I need to watch that again to be sure. I don't, I don't remember oh. liking Crimson Tide. Mm, I love Crimson Tide. I like Crimson Tide. Great Hans Zimmer score. Tony Scott movie, I believe he directed that. Which one? Tony Scott. I think that's his Maybe. movie. Maybe I don't remember. I'll, I'll check. I'll, I watched it before I looked at directors. Uh, Tony Scott, of <laughs> course. Spielberg. The uh, brother of Ridley Scott, who you may know from Alien and Blade Runner and Gladiator and a bunch of other things. A bunch um, of other things you're probably going to watch on this show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to Blade Runner at some point. Which, eek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was it was Tony Scott. I was right. Good. Um, I like Tony Scott. Um, the late Tony Scott, you of course. Probably should uh, watch Crimson Tide. I'm going to suggest it on Patreon because I pay for that. So I'm still a Patreon. <laughs> A patron. I like saying a Patreon. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I know you like saying it wrong, but yeah, she should probably specify that for the people at home. <laughs> um, what's actually... I like Tony Scott. I, I, I really like Man on Fire. I don't know if you've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that movie. I really like that movie. Um, Tony Scott can be a little over-stylized at times, but he always makes really fun movies. So, Well, not always, yeah, but usually. Especially with Denzel Washington. Yeah, having Denzel. What team? What a team. What a team. So yeah. I guess I guess that's uh, I guess that's the movie. Uh, so we should we should promote things. We'll do the bonus mystery science theater section afterwards. Um we should promote uh, and tell you about Patreon. We've been talking about it anyway. So patreon.com slash TV. Uh, you can go and support us over there if you want to keep the reviews coming and show you that you love us and you want us to keep making stuff. You can obviously like and subscribe, but if you go to Patreon and you can support us financially for as little as $1, you get bonus stuff. You get a bonus episode of this very show every month where we, we do a, a, an extra movie and you get that for $1. Uh, for that $1, you'll also get a bonus movie of Screams After Midnight, which is the horror movie podcast that me and Tim do, as well as 
but we're now calling Mailed Fuzz Mysteries, which is just me and Connor doing a bonus show, which has no topic. We just sit down and talk for 90 minutes and see what happens. Um, get to know your host. Get to know your host, yes. Uh, how many ginger jokes can I say in 90 minutes? I'll find out. So you can <laughs> go check out that, and then you also get some stuff early, including these episodes of The Ace. Uh, and then the $5 tier, you get to vote on shows, including this show. There's a vote up right now on Patreon for $5 patrons where you can vote between four movies, four time travel movies. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say that because we record these a little bit in advance. So that vote should be finished maybe by the time this goes up. And then there'll be a new vote. So there'll be a new vote up. And you can you can see those. Uh, so go to Patreon. And uh, as for everything You'll still else, get the time travel episode early, though. <laughs> you will, yeah. You'll get the time travel episode early. Um and you'll get a bonus episode yep uh so mm-hmm. uh, and we also now have uh, the reactor which is s- similar to what we have uh with 121 and streams after midnight where the five dollar patrons on top of getting to vote for a movie out of four every month you also get to add movies to a list uh, that we called the reactor which is basically a to-do list that every so often we'll pick one from and do it as an episode or maybe sometimes we'll pick four from that to put in the vote um, the list itself will be public. Everyone can see the list. If you go to patreon.com and go to the top post, you can click on the link and everyone can see that. But uh, patrons at the $5 tier get to add films to it. Uh, uh, unless I deem it not to be a sci-fi movie, and I think you're being cheeky, in which case I'll just ignore it. <laughs> yes. So I can't keep submitting Creed? Yes, yes. Because one of the rules is you have to put your name in so we know you're a patron, you know you're, what patron you are. Uh, Tara... <laughs> Uh, try to send in something labeled anonymous and would you believe it i did not accept that entry <laughs> <laughs> so busted i know i know you're a menace uh <laughs> so i've thoroughly plugged that uh now i promised tara i wouldn't make her do the outro but i will ask you to promote something from the channel anything else pick one okay you could check out um well let's see screams after midnight was already advertised Mm-hmm. You could check out. Um, if you want to see Star on Trek, almost <laughs> cancelled. You could check out Chernobyl mm. <laughs> reviews. Which, by the time this goes up, um, it may we'll just have on one finale. episode left. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be the finale yeah. next. I think when this goes up. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I felt so... See the first Chernobyl review? I felt so weird saying, yeah, we'll start spoiler-free, and then we'll give you... Four, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, there's still spoilers well, in how it's I executed. Mean, but... Every single episode I've learned some, so much from. Oh, so have I. Yeah. yeah. And people got really mad at us in the comments for, for not knowing a lot about it, and I'm like, but I, I actually kind of like not knowing about it because I'm, I'm learning all this shit, and it's really interesting. I mean, as a TV show, I mean, not being a historical... Um, documentary it's just riveting and the characters are so interesting so yeah check out chernobyl reviews if you watch hbo (laughs) which which which, uh tara is replacing connor on from episode three onwards allegedly we'll see (laughs) Allegedly, i want connor to keep going but i'll take over if he doesn't want it he he said no he said no i don't want to take all of connor's jobs that's all that's a cat's tail I, i i'll be honest for a second i thought that was something else and i was like tara why are you holding something like that up look at the corner of my eye it looked like something else for a split second (laughs) you've been watching too many male dominated movies (laughs) okay Uh, 
I don't even know what you're implying there. Oh, the Navy films are very phallic. Okay, sure. <laughs> That's all right. Okay, because I, 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 I thought you were going to say porn or something that alluded to porn, and then you said male dominated, and I went, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, what she we saying? watched a lot of airplane porn. <laughs> a lot of airplane porn. <laughs> and at one point... I, that like, refueling it, scene alone made me blush. I know, I know. <laughs> it came out, it, went, it, 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 it penetrated. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was very sexual. The male part went into the female part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Exchange fluids. One more slight tangent. <laughs> you had to add the Wonder exchange I fluids. I joined the navy. <laughs> <laughs> so hot. One one more thing <laughs> I want to tangent here, just based on that thing. I remember in uh, tech, uh, early high school, it was like a mandatory class before we picked things later. Um, we were talking about. Uh, this wasn't even part of the class, really. It was we were doing like it was like graphic designs and we were doing like floor plans for like houses and stuff and we were talking about electrical outlets and stuff and at one point the teacher referred to the the outlet as as the female part and and, was, and someone said yeah. but what do you mean by that and he's like well because the plug's the male part and it goes in the and like half the class started giggling and he's like you grow up there's a thing isn't it a thing male and female like it's just it's yeah, natural male and female ends. yeah, yeah. It, like that's just what, what it means but half the class were just giggling because they never heard it referred to that as before uh, he just made me think of that, talking about the male and female parts. Um, it, it, hey, it made plugging in anything more exciting for the rest of my life, so I mean, I'm not going to... This is so hot, yeah. <laughs> especially, being a ma- especially being a male, and I'm putting the male part and the female part. I mean, for you, it's probably a very confusing experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for you, you probably get the sell more out of like a like a USB extender where you can actually move the female part onto the male part. <laughs> Is that more exciting? <laughs> or the ones that, um, the ones that are like high tech and like coil up first and you gotta like make them grow hot. <laughs> oh, this is off the deep end. Um, okay. Edit this whole thing out. Let's just start over. Let's just do this again. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> We're in 90 minutes. You want to do the whole thing? None of thing? it's usable. There's too many tangents. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. So the bonus section of the show. <laughs> That's right. There's more. The bonus section of the show is where we talk about an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 that we watched in the past week. Now, we do this in most episodes. We don't do it in the bonus episodes because we have to record them in the same week as a regular episode. And we only watch one Mystery Science Theater every week. And then occasionally if we have to like double up episodes because we're, we're going to have to take a week off from recording, there might be a couple without one, uh, which is actually going to happen in a, in a few weeks' time because uh, Tara's moving yeah, house. Yeah. Uh, so... But yeah, anyway, I'm just explaining. I I wanted to just get to the point where I was saying, don't be surprised if occasionally there's not one, but most ep- most <laughs> weekly episodes will have one, just because we enjoy watching it. Um, but the episode this week was a biggie. It was one that like I you know I'd heard of it, like I I knew the movie it was a big episode of Mystery Science Theater because it's space mutiny, and I even know <laughs> uh like an actor in it mainly because I used to watch an internet reviewer called Spoonie. Uh, he did a thing called the Spoonie Experiment, and he stopped doing it a long time ago. He had like health issues and stuff, but um 
he he used to watch a lot and watch and review a lot of movies starring Red Brown, who is the main actor in in this movie. And I was really excited because I'd never actually watched actually that's a lie. Red Brown was the star of the Hilling Two, which I did in streams. So I've now seen two Red Brown movies. Um <laughs> Does he scream as much in Howling Two? Not as much. He's actually quite, quite subdued for for that. Uh, that movie is a screamer in this movie oh he is he's a screamer <laughs> in most movies uh I, I i i honestly think we should do uh robo war at some point which is a predator ripoff uh, yeah totally yeah we should do I that at some predator. point <laughs> um honestly though it's almost like such a stupid thing that i, I think it should take the bonus mystery science theater slot it just doesn't actually have a mystery science theater episode <laughs> 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 but it'll still take that slot because it doesn't really deserve to have an episode <laughs> okay if that makes sense or well, we can just do it as a bonus episode come on we'll just, well, oh sure yeah the patrons can get that one yeah <laughs> the robot war i mean look how look how much we did for just the final countdown which oh, doesn't really have that much of a movie <laughs> oh yeah if, if i edit that down to just strictly the movie talk it'd probably be about 30 minutes probably yeah uh so was it yeah so so Robert, and then there's another actor in this movie called cameron mitchell who plays like the captain of the spaceship that they're on or whatever uh he he looks kind of like santa claus he's got a big beard in this um i know that actor because i'm a fan of best of the worst which is a a, a youtube show and they always get excited when they're talking about cameron mitchell so i was getting to watch a movie here not only with mr science theater jokes and a famous episode that i know was meant to be good but it had red brown and cameron mitchell i was pumped for this so all right so uh so how did you feel after you watched it did it deliver now i don't know how like you know sometimes like when a woman has sex like right after they just know they're pregnant and they feel it in their gut like like no like like, they shouldn't be able to (laughs) but they just have this mystical thing where they're like i think that worked i think i'm pregnant that's how i felt after space mutiny did you get pregnant by red brown and chris or cameron mitchell yes yes red brown streamed his way into my man uterus <laughs> i don't know where that was going look all those male and female yeah, parts I've seen junior it can happen <laughs> also a science fiction movie <laughs> sure sure um to a point um oh god that movie's that movie's a horror movie no that's a horror movie because don't, don't they imply in that movie actually has to come out of his dick like I, like i'm sure they say that at one point oh it's been so long because it's like okay not, not that i think it sounds pleasant coming out of the ass but <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense your pee hole is not have to be <laughs> I think it would have to be C-section. I yes, think that was yes. I, I, the entire time. I was hoping it would be a C-section because no, <laughs> that the pee hole is not designed for anything other than liquids. Thank you very much. Noted. <laughs> Which is why kidney stones are apparently one of the most painful things you can go through. <laughs> um, um, anyway. So, yeah, the plot of Space Mutiny is that there's a really cheesy villain and his sidekick who... I'm not even sure which one's supposed to be the main villain, but they're both really overacting. One, One's always grinning and feels like... He, the, the joke they make in the episode is that his skull's coming out of his face. Like, he's trying to like have his skull come out of his face. And then the other one has a <laughs> walking so stick 
who overacts all the time and reminded me a lot of the bad guy from uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, uh, Father Blackwood. He reminded me of him. Yeah, Faustus, yeah. Uh, Faustus, yeah. So we have them, uh, and then they're, they're like sabotaging the ship and trying to cause a mutiny. And ultimately, Cameron Mitchell, uh, the captain, and then you have Red Brown, who's like this, you know, hotshot pilot, uh, kind of like stumbles into it. And he actually stumbles into it with the daughter of the, the captain, who ends up being his love interest, and they kind of investigate it together. And yeah. there's a lot of shooting and fighting, and then eventually they win. And that's the, that's the plot, right? <laughs> there's not much to the plot. <laughs> nope. I love this episode. This episode's a classic for a reason. Oh yeah. Um, mostly because of Red Brown and all the all the jokes about how his love interest is so much older <laughs> than yeah. she's supposed to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's because like, the funny thing is, is she's perfectly a fine age. She's perfectly attractive. I mean, she she might even just be about your age, honestly, right? She looks older. She looks you like uh, my age. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's at most she's forty. I think she's older than forty. I don't. I don't know. Like, I I think she her haircut makes her feel older because the haircut feels like an old woman's haircut. <laughs> but I don't actually think she's that old. I think she's you know she she's she's a middle aged woman, right? Which is fine. Per perfectly, a, per, there's a perfect a, a huge amount of attractive middle aged women, right? I've always thought that, <laughs> even as a teen. Okay, I agree. <laughs> Right? If it was a teen, maybe a few teacher fantasies back in the day, all right? The point is, <laughs> the point is, is that they claim she's like, like, I don't have to say an age, but it's implied that she's like 20. That she's like, you know, just out of her teens. Like she's that kind of age. Yeah, she is that. Yeah, she is not. Um, <laughs> At one point, the Cam Cameron Mitchell's character refers to her as his grandma daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom Servo makes yeah, a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grandma the, daughter. <laughs> the guys make the joke that uh, speaking of Cameron Mitchell, there's so many jokes about him looking like Santa Claus and just going like, "Oh, they're so good." Ho ho ho! Did you talk about the Balerians? I don't remember. Not yet. No, you can talk. Go on, tell us about the Balerians. The Balerians are this uh, mysterious ship that show up in the beginning, full of women in leotards and lace, and they worship those glowy balls that you buy from like Spencer's gifts. <laughs> in the mall i i don't know what they are they're like the little um it's, it's the ones you touch like and tesla then, balls is that what they're called maybe yeah so there's kind of electrical sort of like lines going around and then if you touch it it'll go to your finger from the other side yeah um i don't know what but you call they, them they but, communicate only through thought yeah. uh they're all extremely skinny all <laughs> like the, kate moss skinny yeah all, all the props <laughs> are clearly just bought at a store which is the amazing thing and yeah then, like a halloween store <laughs> yeah and then the other thing we have to mention is that all the exterior shots of the ship are actually stolen footage from the original battlestar galactica series it's the galactica yeah. from the original battlestar galactica and then on they top don't of even that try to hide it and 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 the interiors outside of like the, the crappy set they've got for maybe like the uh the bridge and a couple of other places like specific rooms Every time they're on the ship, it's actually like a big warehouse slash factory, and you can see daylight coming yeah. in from the windows, <laughs> and they're meant to be in deep space the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> and the big set piece they've got is that they've got these little buggies, these little like like golf carts with these cardboard cutouts over the top of them to make them look like futuristic little like speeders or something. They're like called that. enforcers. They're called enforcers, and they go about five miles per hour. 
but they try to make it exciting as if they're having car chases in these things. Oh yeah, they have some great chase scenes and some great explosions, even though they're so small. <laughs> yeah, like like because there's a famous shot that I, I'd already seen because this is the gift that everyone shares, where Red Brown screams uh, before he jumps out of the the the, the enforcer, <laughs> but he, he screams really loud and then casually steps out, and so it's it's like he he's. he's <laughs> He's really high energy when he screams, and then he like steps out really casually, as if he's doing it really carefully because he doesn't want to get hurt. And then it cuts to a shot of him like jumping from it, and then it's kind of an action roll. So it goes from being high energy to low energy to high energy again, and it's a really yeah. weird cut between the three of them. <laughs> um, and I guess the enforcer was just full of C four because it just totally explodes. <laughs> it's this giant explosion from this tiny little golf cart. <laughs> What you don't know is that all on the wheels and a very, very small engine, that entire body is just filled with with uh, gasoline and oil. Yeah. Turpentine. That's all it's filled yeah. with. Yeah. That's all it's filled with. That's why the explosion is so big when it happens. Uh, there's constant running jokes about people getting shot and then diving over uh, railings. Because the, the, yeah, there's, there's a lot good. of walkways. Railing the, kills. There's a yeah. railing kill count. Yeah, there's a railing kill count. And because the first time it happened when he's like hey that was a really kill count when he jumps over it's like yeah that was good and then it becomes a thing uh <laughs> that was really funny i really liked that uh to go back to the santa jokes at one point uh one of the balerians is like kind of seducing uh cameron mitchell's character and the jokes in this were cracking me up where he's like oh santa came for me this year or christmas came for me this year <laughs> And just things like that. <laughs> yes, yes. Has 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 come whole, if you want to call it. Has... <laughs> it says something else like, "Yes, I'm a, I'm a you know, belly full of jelly, or I'm jolly, or something like that." Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just so like stupid. And I the, am a jolly old elf. <laughs> yeah. The best, honestly, though, my favorite thing in the movie, and it's not even the joke per se. It's just pointing out something that's the most ridiculous thing, the most ridiculous mistake I might have ever seen in a movie. Oh yeah. There, there's a character who's on the bridge who's at like you know she's like the she's the one who's like at the comms and she's always like you know telling people things and like hey blah blah, blah this blah, blah blah, and she's there several times early on the film like you know at the comm station or the radar or whatever and then she's actually on a scene in a nightclub uh where she gets killed she gets shot dead uh, when she tries to interview with the bad guys and she's dead the very next scene we're on the bridge and cameron mitchell's like you know barking at orders he walks past her sitting at her station still doing her work still <laughs> <laughs> and the best part about this for me because like like because they said it they said a joke about it and then i didn't really clock it until a second later i was like wait yes that was her what the, what the hell and then the, the best part about it is at the end of the scene he walks back across the bridge and we see her again she's still there yeah so they had to do it twice they made the mistake twice oh so good well i, I think what the mistake was is they decided to rearrange the scenes but just d didn't care that she was going to be there yeah she's just some other woman who looks exactly like her yeah um, i think my favorite running joke is mm. all the different names that they give red brown's character yeah yeah the, the very next day you sent me a link to just like a super cut of all the all the names oh some of them are so good out. yeah it's it's really good it's really good um gristle mcthorn body <laughs> dirk hardpeck He's he's always wearing this like tight white tank top. That's all he's doing. And then and then the there's a when right at the start of the movie like they kind of hate each other because 
like I can't even remember which which one wanted what, but another pilot gets killed, and one of them's upset because they wanted to stop it, and then the other one's like, "No, it had to happen because it stopped this other thing." So they hate each other's guts, like the guy and the girl. You know, uh, what well, you know, what's his face, Red Brown and David Ryder. No, 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 no. The, the the lady. Oh. Grandma daughter. Grandma daughter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Joe, I, I looked over at IMDb thinking I had this movie up because I often do when we're talking about it, but I don't know. Really, but then I really, then I looked up at the top and it was Crimson Tide because that's the last thing I was looking at. Oh. <laughs> that's not going to help. <laughs> um, but they hate each other's guts and they basically just make up at the bar and they're like, oh yeah, let's start again. Yeah, let's start again. Yeah, I'm not mad at you anymore. And then, oh yeah, after she does her like sexy hula hoop dance where mm-hmm. she's just showing off her butt the whole time. <laughs> and then two scenes later, like they actually leave the captain in the bridge to go and have a private moment. And there's a joke from the you know the mystery science theater guys where they're like, "Hey, I'm going to have so much sex with your daughter." <laughs> um, and they do. They have this weird sex. I mean, you don't see the sex. It's like po- just the po- aftermath of it. But it's like they're in like the 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 botany area of the ship with the plants, and they're yeah. kind of like they've just made this little the blanket. It, it's it's like they want like just like a little picnic setting. And I'm like, can I, anyone just walk in here at any time? Like, is it? <laughs> Like, yeah, it seems a little dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. Baffling to me. Um, my favorite scene with her though might be the uh, uh, she she gets like uh, kidnapped by the bad guys, and she's like, there's a guard standing like with her while she's handcuffed, and uh, it's oh, just, the uh, dumbest guard ever. Yeah, it's a little med bay, and she basically just starts like giving him the eye and like sort of like the finger and like you know, over here, over here, baby, and. He kind of like goes in. He's like, "Oh, he's like a lunging forward." He's like, yeah, and she actually sticks her tongue in his mouth. Like this is like a you actually get this scene of like one of the, I think she sticks her tongue out. She's committed. And she earned he, her paycheck. He goes in for it, and it's proper tongue kissing. And then she licks his chin, and I'm like, "I know you. I, I get what you're trying to do here. You're trying to seduce him so that he'll drop his guard, but I don't know if you had to go this far, admittedly." And then it's not sexy. Like, oh no sucking on a man's chin <laughs> no well I, I'm, I'm a man with a beard i find it particularly weird <laughs> like, like are you sucking on my hair what are you doing <laughs> it's such a strange it's such a strange decision i mean he doesn't have a beard but he's like oh yeah <laughs> i mean what, what, what's next like sucking on a nose oh your nose uh, you know, um, it's so uh. <laughs> It is a good scene though, because he's just so dumb. He's so dumb, uh, and she and he eventually lets her out the handcuffs, and like he, he has his pants down and everything. And she pulls down his pants, and then and that's when she kind of knocks him over. And then Red Brown finally comes in, and he's like, "Are you all right?" And she's like, "Because she had her like her thing unzipped," and she's like, "No, nah, I'm okay." And she zips up, and then. <laughs> The joke from the guys here at this point is the guys like on the floor, like, "Oh, what's happening?" And he looks up at Red Brown. And he's like, "Oh, it's a threesome. I, I, I'm in. I'm, I'm okay with that. I can dig that." Uh, it's just a, it's a really funny scene just because the guy's so goofy, and she is like, she is going much fuller than she needs to to sell this. Yeah, like she definitely earned her paycheck. Yeah, she did. Um, there, there's, there's a lot of stupid. I mean, this this movie is not like this is not a feminist film. Is all I'm going to say. No, this is not a Star Trek feature. <laughs> all, all, all of their outfits are like the these weird skin tight aerobics. They're like, yeah, things. they're like Baywatch. Yeah. Um, 
swimsuits with shoulder pads. Yeah, like. they have this futuristic <laughs> shoulder pad thing, but everything else is just a swimsuit. Uh, and of course, the men have like proper uniforms, at least most of them. I mean, Red Brown's in a tank top the whole time, admittedly. So I They mean, still have ridiculous shoulder pads. We do. That's true. They do. They do. Of the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this one. I've seen it many, many times. I don't think it tops Werewolf for me. I just love Werewolf so much. But it is... Uh, it is a great episode and I think it's great because it's the, the movie's also coherent enough for you to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the plot's really simple, but I understand it. Whereas I think the last couple yeah. done, maybe not the last one, but the two before that, like I just couldn't follow what was happening. I was just confused. Oh yeah. Like um, Puma Man and Princess Space. Yeah. I was just Yeah. Confusing. You kind of have to pay attention. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think I like this more than Werewolf because this one is more consistently funny. Uh, both in terms of the movie itself and the jokes i think werewolf has a couple of really good moments though that this one never touches mm -hmm. so but I, I but i think it's much less consistent i think there's like you know there's lulls in that movie uh yeah where i feel like i feel like in werewolf like there was lulls where i was like cracking my own jokes a little bit just to make it a little bit you know more entertaining for myself and yeah ho and ho I, I don't disagree with that and hopefully you hopefully you were entertained by my extra jokes i don't know yeah no of course i was of course <laughs> i'm going to be really mean at you some point in the future and it'll be payback for that moment i'm going to be really mean oh great <laughs> you never mean to me on this show i'm 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 all right <laughs> yeah right i'm all right all right um no i, I like to this is i think this is the best episode we've watched um it's, it's a classic for a reason and yes yeah, yeah uh, red brown did not disappoint with his streaming i'll say that uh and i'm excited i'm excited so uh, I, I guess uh i think you mean blast hard cheese <laughs> <laughs> yeah not every name they gave him landed for me like some of them were just like oh whatever but then every so often they just hit me with something that was really funny Thick McRun fast. Ah, that was a good one. <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, like, I mean, that, that, that kind of just goes for the show in general. I don't think every joke they crack is great. Like, some of them no, just are just there. but they crack so many. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but once like, they hit, they really hit. Yeah. Every four or five jokes, you get a good one. And, but they're, they're cracking them so quickly that that's okay. Like, you, you know, yeah. And so, I mean, it is a 90s show, and they don't, you know, shy away from things that are happening locally or at the time oh, sure. so they don't really age as well for that reason there's definitely some jokes uh that that go over my head because i'm like yeah i was yeah. i was like seven when this this aired so also I have no like idea. there's a lot of like american politics that i mean you don't really need to remember from the 1990s oh, sure. <laughs> like you weren't even here so <laughs> well you say oh actually another running joke actually that i really liked is uh one of the the higher up sort of like xos or whatever uh, he looked like Sting because he's blonde hair. Yeah. So, so they kept having in scenes. They, they they kept adding dialogue where if you signed, what's was Sting's wife's name? Uh, oh, I've forgotten. But they they kept saying, "Have you signed?" In thing? real life, I think so. Yeah, I, I assumed that's what they were doing. The joke because they kept saying, "Have you signed Thingy's card yet?" Like her. Oh, Sherry. Sherry, yeah, yeah. They, they kept saying, "Have you have you signed Sherry's card yet?" uh is Sherry's it, birthday party yeah as, as if sting was putting on a birthday party for sherry <laughs> and that, that was really funny too that was a really good joke um yeah it was a good uh so no i i, I guess that wraps up our, our bonus section um 
Uh, we should tell them what we're doing next on Ace. If I can go check. Because <laughs> I don't remember. And... Oh, I believe I remember. Well, I'm going to confirm it just to be sure. But uh... Okay, yeah, no, it's actually a really easy one to remember. So go on then. Men in Black? It is Men in Black. Because the new one is coming out... <laughs> uh soon we want to get the first one done we're not going to do two and three basically because we tried to schedule it and and i said i don't want to give up other movies for men in black two and three <laughs> so we're just in the first yeah one. i don't think for continuity reasons it really matters going into this yeah. new one um maybe, maybe if to do like a second international in a couple of years we'll do men in black two then and so on mm-hmm. you know reason this is a new trilogy we'll, we'll do them correspondingly but yeah uh yeah so men in black will be the next main movie on ace and then i think we picked another mystery science theater for next week right if we're doing one this week that is oh yeah we should do a joel one i think uh why not do another classic i mean get all the great ones out of the way and then we can discover more that i haven't watched yet which there are some believe it or not sure Um, sure. let's do manos the hands of fate Right, I think, yeah, so we'll do Manos to Hands of Fate. I think it's a good idea to do that next week. For, for So that's got, got one. Uh, just because I think, it, not that it goes well with Men in Black, but just in the sense that it, uh, I feel like Men in Black might be a lighter conversation. So it needs the bonus section. Yeah, probably. It is a yeah. more of a comedy, I think. And, and then, not so many layers to it. So I think so. And then the reason why we have to not do a Mystery Science Theater the following week, I won't reveal it on here. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, though. Uh, we'll do that then. You got it. There you go. Plans have been made. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end this thing. We've been going way too long. We have. That has been the Atomic Serum <laughs> Experiment. And if you've enjoyed this this longer format of an episode, uh, that's cool. Let us know. If you hated it, also let us know. Um, but this has been uh, The Ace, and we have loved having you. Hopefully you love listening or watching. Uh, we appreciate it loads. Thank you very much once again. Uh, yeah, so, you know, keep watching sci-fi movies and computer at Salsa. Yum, yum. Yum.